Welcome to the What Do You Do With Your 24 podcast. From 24 Tire, I am Ty Rickstrew, and my guest today is Rodney Horton. Rodney is a serial entrepreneur and father of two. He hails from Southeast Kansas, but has been in Wichita off and on since 1993. He has worked in a variety of roles throughout his career, mostly in the IT industry, going from technical to leadership to consulting and sales. He has an associate's degree from HCC, a double major from WSU with honors, and his master's from Friends University at MMIS. He's also a licensed realtor in the state of Kansas and soon to be Florida. He's actively involved in many local groups, both nonprofit and others, and enjoys helping others with business and personal matters. He believes that hard work is rewarded and that consistency is key. He currently owns a handful of LLCs that deal with commercial and residential real estate, Standard Issue, a men's clothing store in Wichita, and Shift Auto Society, a social club and car storage facility also located in Wichita. Welcome to the podcast, Rodney. Thank you. Super happy to have you here. Shift also houses the uh, fastest growing online media company. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the fastest growing Shift Auto office at a Shift Auto yes. Society. Yeah, it's an incubator. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, well, um, where do we start, you know? Well, I guess <laughs> thanks for having me. I don't know really what I have to share other than uh, just personal experiences and kind of what's worked for me. I don't yeah. think it's a one-size-fits-all philosophy, obviously, if you went through my background i'm a philosopher by trade so i'll tell you whatever you want to hear awesome so i kind of have it uh i was going through like trying to figure out how to do a good interview and where to start um and i feel like i kept going back to my first interaction with you for the most part like we really got to like i mean i saw you off and on a little bit but whenever i first was able to become a member here and you like showed me around and we sat in your office right behind us and talked for like 45 minutes um and ever since then, whenever people ask me about Shift and they ask me about Rodney, I always kind of refer to you as the great connector. Yeah. So, like, what makes you be that great connector? You know, I guess I don't see um, – I, I guess given my own past, everybody has their own story, and I just like to know it. I genuinely like to understand people are probably part of your podcast here, but I like to tie different people together and create collisions, and I love to have – I mean, the other day we had a uh, – a football party here, a Super Bowl party. No, it was the NCAA just recently. Okay. And I'm sitting down on the couch upstairs. I've got probably, I don't know, one of the best judges that's ever been in our environment locally, sitting up to the left of me. And then I've got a guy to the right of me that's probably infamous for some reasons. And there's <laughs> no reason in the world these two dudes with me setting in between of course mm -hmm. would ever have came together and by the end of the uh deal i mean they're probably honestly on opposing sides of the aisle if you know what i mean yeah absolutely but by the end of the the game they're high five and they're talking to each other and that's when i step back and think man this is a pretty freaking magical place because these two dudes would never even talk to each other or it'd be a very <laughs> your sentence kind of conversation yeah. <laughs> it'd be a very lopsided conversation and i see that constantly i was just out in the shop just right now right before i walked in here we've got a guy that's out there working on the kunzi car you know that mm -hmm. that uh we've given to kind of the charity and they're out there working and they're talking to a couple guys that are backing their cars out. One guy's helping a guy in the wash bay. And it's just one of those deals where all three of them have totally different backgrounds. And I think being able to have the ability to pull that sort of thing together is where kind of the magic happens. Mm -hmm. uh, I've met a lot of old, established, awesome entrepreneurs and, and businessmen here. And I have absolutely helped and mentored and tutored and even loaned money to young guys getting started here. 
you know, and it's cool to have that whole spectrum of guys that just want to get after it. I see you in here a lot of nights when I'm coming in or out grabbing paperwork or whatever to go do my grind. You're still in here. And, uh, that's what puts the fire in my belly. I really do like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's exactly what I see, especially whenever just like being around the most that I've have is just like that example where like you have two guys sitting next to each other and you're like, there's no other reason for these worlds to collide. But I think, I don't know. I think there's like a weird philosophical thing there of like, I think everyone does have a lot more in common than we think that we do. And it's just like, sometimes that shared interest is just what allows it to flourish. Yeah. Uh, Oscar Wilde had a, uh, one of the sayings he had that I really like, it says, uh, uh, every, um, sinner has a future and every saint has a past. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of captures it for me where no matter where you're at in life, you have a story. You're either forward or backwards, but you have a story and you're just a guy. You're, mm-hmm. Me and you're going to wake up roughly the same way every morning, like Charles Koch and just like the bum on the corner. I mean, we're going to wake up and we're going to go through our whatever that ritual is mm-hmm. and we're going to expect whatever we expect throughout the day. But at the end of the day, we're still two male Homo sapiens <laughs> just trying to make it through to see the next sunset, you know? So yeah. I feel like, um, these guys, you know, obviously shifts kind of centered around loosely the car culture and, you know, all things Wichita, but, you know, I just signed up a couple female, uh, members the other day that are really into it because they've moved here from Houston. They came here to an event. They really like the vibe, not really car people per se, but they see the value in the, uh, the opportunity of hanging out and, and having yeah. kind of a, a, a little Wichita family off the bat. So that's kind of a fun thing. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. So whenever you first started shift, um, and maybe this is just me thinking, but like I see the members only sign here and then I see the members only up there. Did you ever, is this like what you had imagined it when you first started it? Like, I know it's a members only thing, but I guess what I mean by that is like this lobby feels like it could almost be open to the public. Mm-hmm. And then you have these spots where like you were telling people like kind of not to go there. Yeah. So it's, that is very interesting. So this is a place, um, that you're paying for access mm-hmm. straight up. I mean, it is a, it is a private club in the state of Kansas. It's members only. You pay a due to be a member, which gives us amazing flexibility as a proprietor, as far as a lot of the, um, I guess, normal rules and how they apply. But, um, it's, it's really pretty much exactly what I wanted to have happen. Uh, as far as that goes, I mean, I don't really advertise, you know, I post here and there, probably not very well, but I really like people having ex- either experience shift or recommending a person. That's how we've mm-hmm. grown. We've got about 125 members and it's mostly been organic, almost familial. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really like, you know, as you know, we've got a lot of precious hardware in here. A lot of trust has been given to me to maintain an environment that's safe for these guys, vehicles and, and belongings. I mean, we have, you know, works of art, literally. Like, um, So we look for the right fit. So you'll never see me do a membership drive at Shift. You'll never yeah. see me, <laughs> you know, out on the on the Nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not going to see anything like that. But it, the speed of membership is increasing and i think that's the viral uh, part of of social right so mm-hmm. people do see it it is fun and you know you get a couple people join in and they tell a couple people and then those couple people the next thing you know you got your hands full so yeah uh but it's like anything in wichita it's very slow to begin 
mm-hmm. and you just got to wear them <laughs> down, you know? And, and then they're like, you know what? This is pretty cool. And yeah, I've been around long enough. I guess, I guess you are part of the Wichita fabric now. And then they will give you a look. So yeah. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun though. It's my favorite pet project, passion project, whatever you want to call it for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's cool because I get a lot out of the, the social side of it. Yeah. No, I can see that. So, I mean, shift isn't everything that you do though. I think uh, off the bio that I read when I first came in. So take us back a little bit to like kind of who is Rodney? Uh, well, I grew up in Southeast Kansas. I went to school on a uh, college football scholarship, touched in Juco. I went there. Um, after there, I went up the highway to Wichita. Hadn't really been to Wichita a whole lot. It was just kind of the next town. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's no football program at, at Wichita State. Uh, I really dug in um, scholastically, both at, at JUCO and here. Um, and then from there, I actually graduated and then joined the military. I kind of did oh, okay. it backwards uh, just because I wanted that ex- human experience. Mm-hmm. Um, after a couple years of that, I got a medical discharge. My wife was pregnant at the time, so I moved back to Kansas, worked on a farm, and started and just started kind of looking for that first my passion was it mm-hmm. i was hardcore back in the day so i see all these wires and and everything <laughs> it kind of brings me back to to the stuff i used to really love um and uh after that i got a job with the state of kansas and kind of worked my way up from the help desk to manage in that department for the 18th judicial district so i know uh, okay. some of the judges that are members here um and lawyers and then i uh, moved over to the Cedric County and worked my way up, uh, basically from a telecom manager up to a, a deputy CIO. I was there over a decade and then I went into consulting. So it was all kind of this travel along kind of the IT spectrum, but with more and more management. Mm-hmm. Um, and then along the way, I just started buying rental houses and getting interested in creating wealth and, and how do I, you know, build something, you know, I, I'm not, making a lot of money so what do i do with the little bit of savings i have how do i turn that into more and this is obviously i mean 20 years ago i mean now it seems like everybody's gonna go buy a rental house or everybody's mm-hmm. gonna go you know <laughs> do the next great thing but back then it was kind of a, a, a strange deal it's like what why aren't you you know leveling up per se at the time and i'm like well i got this plan in place you know i, I feel like if i just keep socking away and it just kind of slowly started to snowball to where I amassed some houses and then I started buying uh, commercial properties downtown and and then that started to kind of work out so I mean it's just one of those it's an evolution Mm -hmm. but um, when this building in particular came up I was in that part of the evolution of where I was already storing a few cars we were racing I had buddies standing around you know having a scotch and turning some wrenches and I started to store some exotic cars kind of in the hood and, you know, we're dragging the fence open and close. <laughs> there's no lighting. And I'm like, I can do this better. And when I worked at Cedric County, I drove past this house or past this building all the time. And it's like, dude, and I always stopped at that stoplight and looked in here. And I know mm-hmm. you've seen a thousand people look in here and, and, um, when it came up for sale, I, I really worked hard to, to get this thing secured because I had this idea in mind because yeah. I was kind of doing it at a very small level there. And now, you know, fast forward, this we've been open over three years, and I've had the building close to five, but five years ago, this type of thing didn't really exist. And now you're starting to see in the bigger markets a car social 
club sort of experience starting to happen mm -hmm. just now in, yeah. in a real way. So I feel like I was a little ahead on that, but, um, most of those are like, you're buying a condo or you're making a big purchase or there's a big initiation fee or, yeah. And I just, uh, I, I guess I Wichita ties it to where it's consumable, <laughs> still mm -hmm. fun, but it's not like wide open to the public either. Yeah. Awesome. That's very cool. Um, I had a couple, a couple questions, um, from there. So when it gets into kind of that trading your time for money, like what are your thoughts on that? Cause it seems like that you were kind of touching that on, on a little bit, you know, kind of do yeah. that nine to five, but then being able to have these other revenue streams. So that's pretty much how I stack rank my calendar every day. So, um, and it's not always money, it's value to me. So like, this is valuable to me. Mm -hmm. I could, could I be somewhere signing a lease or something, making money? Absolutely. And it's the first of the month. I'm a landlord. I'm very busy right now. But I see the value. And I do feel like this is given back in some sort of way, even mm -hmm. if it's just to the universe and no one ever <laughs> watches this thing. If it's helping you a little bit, that makes me feel good. But um, every morning, that that is kind of how I lay out my day. So I, I kind of try to figure out, you know, I still have a day job. So I run, I work for Converge One as a sales director. I've got all of Oklahoma Arkansas, Springfield, Missouri, and three quarters of Kansas. I got about yeah. 16 sellers and we run probably, I don't know, an $80 million business out of that um, for a big place out of Minneapolis. I've done it for several years. It's, it's a good business. Uh, I've got a great team and that job comes first. That's my day job. And so what I do is I lay out my day. I look at what my resources need, what business meetings I have, and then everything else from there becomes available for my other pursuits. And that's how I've ran my business a long time. But when you look at what does Rodney need, you know, that's when working out in the morning, 6.30 a.m., that's where that comes in because mm -hmm. you got to get it in, right? It's either mm -hmm. going to come in there or it's <laughs> going to be at night. And, and right now that's terrible. At, at least I work at the downtown Y and it's super busy, which I love to see. I love the Y. I love the mission. And. I'm glad there's a lot of people in there, but it makes it hard for me to do what I want to do in there when everybody mm -hmm. else is in there. So uh, <laughs> you don't run into that problem at 6 a.m. So mm -hmm. I try to start my morning early and then just, I really am just meeting to meeting to meeting to meeting to meeting all day long. I mean, if I get a little gap here and there, that's, that's awesome. And I'm usually always trying to have a good time with someone. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't spend a lot of alone time, I would say. I mean, I like downtime, but you'll never see me eating lunch by myself. I don't believe in that. I mean, if I don't have anybody and I'm here and you're here and you're not doing anything, I'm grabbing you. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's like, let's go, let's go to lunch. Just let's talk. So, um, never eat alone. Uh, Keith Ferracci, I think is a book I read years ago. Um, kind of talked about the value of that and it just always kind of stuck with me and I've just always, um, taken that. So I, I I like that, but that's just kind of, so I don't really, I don't know. I mean, you do trade your, your time is your most valuable resource. So whatever you're doing is an investment if you in the right thing or the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. So I do take that fairly seriously, but I'm not like nitpickety about it either. I mean, if you're like, Hey Rod, if you called me, you're like Rodney, Hey man, I really need to talk about something. I'd drop what I'm doing and talk to you. Yeah. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's not like, Hey dude, it's hard. I'm super busy and mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. I mean, <laughs> I take those sorts of things um, seriously. I mean, I like to be there for my friends and family and, you know, business partners and everybody else. So um, 
it's not like an unbreakable law, but I try generally to run along that framework. Yeah. And, and it's true to be well. I mean, I think that it takes discipline to do that, number one, which I, I'm a big fan of, and consistency, which we've talked a little bit about. But just having a, a sort of a of an ethos around you know what you're worth, and it's usually increasing. Some days it might be decreasing, but as long as you keep it on the tracks, I think um, that's a good that's that's worked for me to run my life that way. Yeah, that's awesome, um, man. Where are you at <laughs> with that? What the time and yeah, um, I feel like. Not to flip the tables on a podcast. No, no, I like it. No, that's that's awesome. I love it. But I wanted. Where are you at with that? Um, so I feel like I've always tried. Like we were talking the other day, and like now it's I kind of live by this of like, I want to live my life for an outcome, and I want to hire people for an outcome, not for like eight hours a day. And I've always hated feeling like I'm doing the rat race or going to a job that's nine to five. Um, and I always have felt like if I'm not doing my own thing, like running my own company or trying to do my own business in any way, whether it's failing or not that I'm just like wasting time. And so like, for example, like being the marketing director for urban cool before starting my own company, um, that was coming off of law enforcement. And Mm -hmm. so even in like law enforcement and then into like doing back to marketing, I just felt like once I kind of had my job figured out, like not saying obviously it's very hard to figure law enforcement out, but at a certain point the days become like, you're kind of doing the same thing over and over. And it felt the same way whenever I was the marketing director, like I got in, had a solid 90 days of like pushing it and killing it. And then I just feel like I, I tend to get bored once I'm like not challenged. And so, and I also hate having to be somewhere for eight hours a day and have busy work. Like busy work is like the worst thing in the world to me. And so whenever I say like trade my time for money, like I never want to work a job again where I'm getting paid X amount of dollars for my time, no matter how hard I work too. Cause I always feel like, I'm a guy that like loves to go above and beyond. I'm not really worried about, you know, the nitpicky side of things, especially, I mean, it's probably cost me money in my own business, but a lot of the times with a lot of stuff, I just feel like it's more about the customer and the result than it is like kind of my own time when it comes to some things. Um, And so I feel like, especially like that's what I'm starting 24 tire for, like the whole, like, what do you do with your 24? And I used to have this mindset of like hustle culture. Like you have to hustle. You got to want to go after it. And like that was the only way to live. And now I'm starting to realize like someone like my buddy that makes, you know, 50K a year. He does his nine to five, but he lives for the weekend. Like as long as he's happy, I think that's all that actually matters. It's not necessarily doing the 12, 16 hour days, you know, seven days a week, just trying to build your own thing. Like I love it. I love that challenge and I love the grind for that. But I feel like I'm starting to like mature a little bit in my thoughts and just realize like people just need to be happy. And if you yeah. can find your happiness, like that's all that really matters. That really is. I mean, and I think it, I think it is a balance. Now, it'd be an in- interesting thing to have your buddy sit next to us and say, do you think you could do more and see what his answer is mm-hmm. and see where he really is on that? Because I'm with you 100 percent. I see these people and I feel like I've always been a really good work life balance guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, this place. I literally just have fun when I come here. This is not work for me to come to shift. It's not work to me to go to a uh, standard issue. I mean, and they all have their own trials and tribulations, but if you genuinely love the industry you're in and, you know, I get so charged up if I see, and you'll, you'll have this experience I'm sure with your, with your brand, but when you see people wearing it and especially if it has a, an ethos and a meaning behind it, mm-hmm. 
that'll fire you up. You see that yeah. the first time in an airport or, or in another city, especially it'll knock your socks off and you're just like, Oh, that's super cool. Um, and it's not a, a braggadocio thing. It's a freaking like, you feel like you, you gave something out to the universe and it's, it's working. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's probably the most rewarding feeling there is, you know? Um, I, I, I just love stuff like that. When people come to Wichita and the first thing they want to do is whoever's visiting, they want to bring them to shift. That makes me excited. It's like, man, you think, you know, if I'm on your short list of what to see and shift, that makes me feel pretty damn cool. You know? mm-hmm. Or they want to go see the clothing store, or, you know, get their haircut or whatever. I, I just think that's just a cool, a cool feeling that, you know, that someone thinks enough of our offering to do that. Yeah. You know, so that, that is kind of a neat deal, but I, I think you're exactly right. As you get older, you're going to really even mature more, obviously just about how that really feels. Cause I, yeah, my grinder by definition, absolutely. But I'm with you. I, if you can't shut it off, I mean, then you're, mm-hmm. that's just what it is, but it isn't for everybody. I mean, I'd say it's not for most people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think that's wrong. I mean, I, f- I feel like there's a lot of people that absolutely need more structure. And in fact, I feel like sometimes there are more people right now, especially people that aren't really contributing that really need structure mm-hmm. and should be working and, and doing more eight to five sort of things just to get that discipline or whatever you want to call it, that work ethic more pushed into them. Yeah. I feel like especially when it comes to like social media and seeing stuff like obviously everyone always thinks that people have it figured out too and that they're always seeing the wins but not like the trials and tribulations to even get there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one thing that I'm even trying to do on my own social media is like show like, oh yeah, this is hard. I'm famous <laughs> for I have, showing yeah. the crappy stuff. I don't <laughs> care. I mean, it's like it is what it is now. I, I mean, only so many people want to see a repaired sewer line at a rental house or, you know, yeah. some of that stuff I keep to myself. But I mean, I've had some if you know failed business stuff i've had some failed relationships i've had some i mean i really feel like though a thousand percent that that is where you grow the most that is the best teacher you know i don't set out for failure but i absolutely embrace it if it happens because Mm -hmm. that is what's going to change you that's what's going to move the needle you're going to learn you know sometimes it's the hard way um and and you learn from success too don't get me wrong but it seems like the failure ones when I can think back in the in history of my own little short personal history, I can't say, oh, yeah, that was a big success. I mean, success yeah. is, uh, I don't know, this thing that just happens invisibly. But, man, failures, they're ticks on the belt, dude. It's like, oh, yeah. You can see I them. put it in the ditch there. Yeah. I put it in the ditch there. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have did that. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's pretty uh, glaring. But if you look back and you don't see those, then you're probably not growing. And you're probably got your blinders on or the ego's taken over and i think i don't know i've just always been fairly i feel like and this probably sounds egotistical but i feel like i'm pretty humble guy so i like to actually find those things where it's like could i have done better i even i was talking to my girlfriend the other night we were in a conversation and and uh, i asked her so could i have handled that differently or better what what, you know what you know even asking for those cues Mm mm-hmm because sometimes you're not standing outside of yourself and you do, you're exactly right. Some people think you got it figured out. And, you know, I know some people, I had a guy the other day, he goes, man, I don't see how you get around all your, how you do it, how you do it all. And I'm like, who says I do? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're saying that. I could say here and tell you, I mean, back when I was getting started, you know, man, a 95% day of getting 
all my little checklists was great. I'm probably to 70 a day. Mm-hmm. And that feels like a win still. Now, does the other 30% I didn't get to bother me? Absolutely. And is that yeah. going to move up my list tomorrow? Sure. But I also know it's waiting for me tomorrow. Nothing's going to happen. I don't need to be up till <laughs> 2 in the morning making sure it's all done. And then I'm wore out the next day. I mean, mm-hmm. I think over time you'll learn that that's an easy trap to fall into. And I did for years. And, and I feel like now it's like, dude, it's going to be there. Yeah, is it a day late? It's the, you know whoever you owe money to or the, the banker or the accountant, whoever, whoever's waiting on something, did they have to wait a day later? Probably. Mm-hmm. But you know, you, you made good on it. You yeah. know, you know, I'm not saying to shirk deadlines or anything, but I'll stack rank real deadlines to Rodney wants to get it done deadlines. Yep. You know? And you know, that makes I'm, sense. I think I'm starting to see that a little bit. Yeah. In everything that I'm trying to Just do. Just don't be as hard on yourself. Yeah. It's starting to go from like, does this actually need to get done? Or is it just either wants to get it done right now? Yeah. So um, my next question for you is like, do you think anybody actually has it figured out? No, because you can't be in anybody else. Yeah. I mean, I I would think it would take a a hell of an arrogant person to say, I got it figured out. In fact, I've, I've even heard that if someone says that run as fast as far away from those people as you can. I mean, I think Steve Jobs, um, got close to getting himself in trouble with that mentality, you know. Elon, my, you know, some of these guys, but you know what? <laughs> they're they're line steppers. I like dudes like that. They're yeah. pushing conventional wisdom. They're pushing even society as a whole in some cases. And I'm okay with that because you got to be a little crazy. You got to be a little off to get that kind of movement. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, but no, I don't think anybody has to figure it out. Because what is it? Yeah, it, you defined it, and I'll tell you. Yeah. I mean, if you say, I, I I can't even think of a good example of where someone has to actually figure it out. And I feel like, I feel like I can ask that question to people, and they will all kind of have a similar answer. But then if you look at social media, I feel like everyone's so obsessed with how everyone else is doing and everything else that everyone else has going on. It makes them feel worse about themselves. And like to tie this in, I have a conversation with Alicia my wife and she like will constantly be kind of down on herself on her successes and everything she's been doing and kind of get a little bit of that like imposter syndrome of sorts. And I tell her, I'm like, I used to, you know, I have a background working on TV shows. I've been around celebrities and people that you would think have it figured out, but you can't see behind the curtain. And I've come to a realization in my life. Like, I don't think anybody has this figured out. Nobody really has life figured out um, to the point of like where, what you think that they have figured out because I've worked with people that you go to their, comment section on social media and they have a million followers and everyone's like oh you're so awesome you're doing so amazing and it's like i've seen behind the curtain like they had a mental breakdown yesterday just like you have mental breakdowns or whatever it's like and i think it's just a very interesting thing to try to talk about is like no what you bring up (laughs) that i find interesting and i didn't take it the way you said it at Mm -hmm. first was when you're comparing to someone yeah that you think has that's different and i'm a you versus you I don't, I mean, I hope you do great, mm-hmm. but I I want to be better than I was yesterday. And that's been my freaking mantra for years is I just want to be a little bit better today than I was yesterday. And I don't care if that's time spent, plates on a bar, you know, two steps further, whatever, just progress, just positive progress. And um, I think... If you have that mentality, I've never gotten on, I like to call it fake book, but mm-hmm. you know, I've never gotten there and said, 
oh damn man you know that that dude got another car i'm usually like hey dude that's sweet you know i'm celebrating that success because it wouldn't be out there if someone didn't want you to see it yeah but i'm not like oh shit i need how much was that oh i need to try to figure out a way to get that car you know yeah. i'm just i'm just not wired that way my whole deal is is like i mean i'm building a, a house right now in a in a, a place in Florida no one's ever even heard of. It's just a place I went to. I'm like, man, this is really cool. I don't know mm-hmm. one person in Wichita that's been there besides a, a little handful of people that actually introduced me to that place. Oh, you know? really? And it's like, uh, I, when I walked in, I was like, man, this feels like home. You know, when you walk into a, a, a house or something, everyone's while something will just kind of grab you and it's like, yeah. oh man, this is where I belong. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm a little... I wouldn't say I'm religious, but I'm spiritual a little bit. Yeah. And you're just like... Kind of the energy of the place. I'm going to end up here. Yeah. Like, I already know it. You know, there's been many times in my life where it's like the universe just kind of feels like it pushes you one way or another and mm-hmm. sounds hokey. But down there, I really felt that. I'm like, I got to figure out a way to get into this thing. And I've been going down there for 10 years or more now. And I'm watching this real estate market because I like to watch those sorts of things. And, and mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, if I don't jump in, I'm going to be priced out of this game. Yeah. You know? And... You know, I kind of jumped in uncomfortably a couple of years ago and bought a lot because I was like, and you know, <laughs> lo and behold, the loss worth like almost double what I gave for it. Yeah. A couple of years later, but I'm like, at least I staked my flag, took that risk, and and but it wasn't in a response because I saw someone else building a house or yeah, had ever even been there before. I just I just feel like it's a you versus you mentality, and if if you do that, and and if you took Alicia along with you and said, hey this is us versus us, mm-hmm. you know, that's a cool thing too, because, you know, it's you and her in this team and, yeah. you know, you both are individual contributors, but there's also this team aspect of that. And, you know, I think as long as you guys are, are moving up and to the right, it doesn't matter what your friend cohort's doing at the same mm-hmm. time or, you know, or, you know, I know she's really into to, uh, the weightlifting right now. Yeah. And that girl's, Number one, are, without getting in a lot of trouble, but they seem to be the most critical of themselves and of others. Yeah, you know, having a, you know, raise a daughter, mm-hmm. you know, into now uh, early womanhood. I guess you call. It. She's twenty five now. Um, man, they were so so tough during high school, and you know that's when social media was new and, oh, yeah. and bullying was new. And man, I mean, I tell you, these girls cut for the throat and and they're relentless and and it's fast now mm-hmm. and i think it goes the other way too if someone does really good they celebrate it and everybody sees it and it's like you know they, how are we gonna you know and it's like it's it's the joneses you know it's yeah, like don't worry about the joneses, that, yeah. man. let's just <laughs> we're doing our thing if we just keep our heads down we keep plugging we're gonna end up wherever we end up but it's it's gonna be positive yeah it's don't fall in that trap if you can help it. I know it's hard. I know there's a lot of pressure. I know people, you know, see that or do it for the wrong reasons or whatever. But, you know, if the people are really having to do that, I feel like they're doing it because they need it themselves, yeah. you know. And there's nothing wrong with celebrating success. I've had people say, oh, Roddy, I wish, I wish. I'm like, dude, if you want me to celebrate, you know, if you want me to apologize for success, you got the wrong dude, man. I work mm-hmm. my ass off and. I'm going <laughs> to drive, walk, drink, eat, wear, whatever I want. And it is what it is, you know. Yeah. I, I don't fall into that trap either. Because a lot of people are like, oh, man, there's no way we could show up, you know, and bring a client in this car. I'm like, why not? I bought mm-hmm. it. It's good. Well, well yeah, but it's going to look like. I'm what, like, what I don't car care are we talking about, about that. 
what car are we talking yeah, about? Yeah, but, <laughs> but I, I really did. I worked for a place that they're like, hey, man, could you go, uh, like, basically go get your pickup so we could. And it's kind of that Midwestern, if, if you show up in a nice, you know, in a German car, they say, oh, well, we're paying you too much money. Oh, uh, well, yeah. I'm like, no, you're you're paying for an outcome that's 99.9% mm-hmm. going to be good. And, oh, by the way, we're not the cheapest place in town. We're going to charge for it. Yeah. But you're paying for an outcome, you know. If you don't want that, you know, intrusion or that risk or whatever it is that you're trying to allay, then, you know. And, oh, by the way, I like to drive nice cars, so mm-hmm. we have a problem here. You know, that's how I looked at it. <laughs> yeah. But the only company, you know, he's wanting to wear, you know, he's wanting to be Sam Walton about it. And I'm like, eh, it's not my jam, man. I, mm-hmm. I like nice stuff. Yeah. And it drives me. I like to work hard, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's not being materialistic, but it's like, let's just kick some butt. And, you know, if there's something cool, let's do it. You yeah. Know? Yeah, speaking of Sam Walton, I was just in Bentonville over the weekend. Oh. And I saw the old Sam Walton truck. Yeah. And now uh, the airport near it has 20 to 30 uh, private jets. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> well, his sons, that place has really became a mecca for, uh, I like riding bicycles. And, mm-hmm. and that is a, I mean, they have done such a great job. And all really all of that northwest Arkansas area, but especially Bentonville, Fayetteville, it's an, it's incredible. I mean, yeah. we've got a lot to learn from, from that area. Yeah, honestly. absolutely. I mean, they've really turned it on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whenever I was... Down there, I took my dad down there, and he had never been there. And oh. he literally was like, this feels like the Truman Show. Like, it doesn't feel like a real place. Mm-hmm. It just feels like it's a movie set, and everyone is just kind of paid actors to be there. But I love it down there. Um, which kind of goes into my next kind of questions for you is, like, why Wichita? I like to say, why not? Okay. Uh, I tell you, the reasons I like Florida... And the reasons I like Wichita are miles apart for obvious reasons, but it really isn't what you would expect. So, and Wichita's given me everything I've got. I'm the biggest Wichita cheerleader there can be because, you know, between bankers taking a risk and, you know, some business partners and, you know, some teachers and everybody else, it's kind of gotten me to, to do what I've done, um, good and bad. It's really been Wichita that's kind of been my home. I mean, mm-hmm. I came from pretty, uh, oh, I'd just say working class, probably that nice way of putting Southeast Kansas. And I was pretty happy to get out of that environment. And when I got out here, it was like everywhere I look, and I still do this today, there is opportunities everywhere, still in this town today. And I'm always asking, why not? Why not? Why not? I'm always asking, why, why don't we have, you know, a cocktail. Uh, still, why don't we have a great cocktail bar in this? Yeah, town? you know, tried that swing and a miss. You know, no problem. Tried, uh, you know, why don't we have a great clothes store? Why don't we have you know cool stuff to go to? And and the answer to all those questions is because no one's taking a risk. Mm-hmm. It takes a risk. It's terrible. You know, it's tough. You know, this cantina down here, closed Saturday. Yep. You know, I loved it. Um, that area is tough right now. There's two schools. It's in the path of progress. I mean, that's why I put a wine bar there. I mean, that area is going to be good. It's just how long can you wait for it to become good? Right? Yeah. I mean, that building wasn't there two years ago. I mean, this whole area is going to be changed. I mean, you know, I look over and I can see Century 2 from here and the old library. and I mean, Wichita is very much still under this renaissance, this change downtown, yeah. this regentrification of, of the whole core. And obviously, I live downtown. I believe in downtown. But all of Wichita has grown out for years, you know. And I think you live in Derby. Mm-hmm. So 
you know, the Derby and Bel Air and Park City and Goddard's, uh, you know, Andover still growing a lot. The kind of the donut has done a really good job, and it's cool to see it come back to the center because what I've yeah. seen in the Oklahoma cities, Tulsa's, uh, San Antonio's, when they go back to the core, because everybody did that urban sprawl thing. You know, mm-hmm. they all ran to the suburbs. I get it. You know, but now that it, it's kind of like a body, if you don't take care of the heart and everything, and all, all you're worried about are, are working on the extremities. Mm hmm. The body dies, right? So I, I'm really glad to see people are reinvesting downtown, and they're and they're really pushing that message of, you know, trying to look at the homeless, take care of the litter, you know, all these things that come with a, an urban environment. But um, I feel like you know we're getting some new leadership downtown, and and you know a lot of key things are changing. But back to your point is I've I've been able to see all that stuff firsthand, and I feel like if I was in any other town. I don't know if it's true, if that's probably not being fair to me, because I'd probably find some way to weasel my way into <laughs> to that stuff, because yeah. I like, I genuinely like to affect change, but mm-hmm. I feel like I literally could call up, uh, you know, a county commissioner or a city council member or talk to, you know, someone in downtown development and say, hey, man, what is going on here? Or I don't like what's happening here. And I feel like there's probably a lot of voices in Wichita that, aren't being heard, but could mm-hmm. if they took the, the effort. But I've always felt like there weren't a lot of barriers to, to the risk, you know, sure. It's going to cost time and money and effort. You're going to, you know, get hit over the head with bad circumstances, you know, the economy, COVID, all the stuff we've all lived through or, or not. But the, but the point is, is you get a chance to start here. Mm-hmm. I don't know many places. I, we just, one of my tenants downtown, they have this uh, really good and well-known um, sushi restaurant. And it just changed hands to these really young owners. It's last week. There hasn't okay. been a press release or anything. And and they're from Denver. They've got all these cool ideas. They've got this exciting some menu things and some drink things. And, and I'm just sitting like, uh, why don't we call these three people? This is news. Like, you guys need to fire this this is super cool mm-hmm. what you're wanting to do here and they just they don't know and i feel like i'm an example of you come to this town you're going to meet somebody that's just going to help you mm-hmm. and i've i've gotten help up and down the line from different people um sometimes you don't even have to ask for it but like when i see things like that it's like oh we need to let everybody know that this yeah. this is a big transaction. This is a big deal. Absolutely. You know, and I, I don't know that a lot of other cities you could do that where you could roll in. I mean, if tomorrow you said, hey, I wanted to go start ABC company uh, somewhere in Wichita. I mean, I hope I'm on your top 10 people to call mm-hmm. because I probably, back to your connector thing, I probably know someone that can help you yeah. or someone that's interested or someone that would, you know, help you along the way and I feel like Wichita is full of Rodney's I feel like there's 500 it feels like at least that I know but I yeah. feel like people are very free with their information uh, I don't feel like it's a dog eat dog environment or it hasn't been for me mm-hmm. I mean and I feel like some of these bigger cities you go I don't like Dallas as an example I mean it's neat to visit I'm not trashing Dallas for the Dallas people <laughs> but it's a very I mean you want to talk about a good old boy Town. I mean, I, all, all of, I mean, Wichita, every town has a little bit of that, but down there, the barrier of entry is so high mm. 
that Tyler can't just stroll in there as easily as you can at Wichita. I still believe yeah. you could do it, but I mean, anything's possible. But I just feel like Wichita is a, just a hotbed for innovation and startups and entrepreneurship. And to the point, it's almost confusing. I mean, it seems like there's a lot of groups that are like, man, you know, and you'll hear Silicon Prairie or you'll hear, you know, all these different startup deals. And it's like, you know, there's Thousand Cubs and Gruber Labs and, mm-hmm. and all this. And they're all great. They all have an awesome mission and uh, they're all doing really good things for entrepreneurs and others. But uh, it can be overwhelming almost. Yeah. How much opportunities here for people that really want to take the risk. It's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. I think I've definitely started to see recently the power of networking and like understanding that being a little bit, um, I don't know how to word it, like, being more open with what you're trying to do and the help that you actually need, I think is a lot more powerful than doing the whole, like you have it figured out kind of thing. And I think that's where a lot of, I think Wichita does that well, especially this kind of like next go around, I guess, into entrepreneurship for me um, of just being able to kind of get more into the groove of things with people and just talking to people. Um, And like what you said, there's a thousand networking events. So I feel like now is really the time, especially in Wichita, if you're wanting to start a business, I don't know if there's going to be a better time. I don't know. I I know it's good and getting better. Yeah. That's all I can say. But I'd never feel like if I have a wild and zany idea and I never feel like my idea is going to get stolen if I share it with somebody. I just, Wichita has never treated me like that, I guess. I mean, when we started Cocktail Bar, another cocktail bar popped up immediately and partner at the time was really worried about that i said you know what all boats rise if we can get a whole community of people that actually like craft cocktails number one that's good for wichita but two it's good for our bar Mm -hmm. you know you start that collective and you start having people oh well this is a pretty good old-fashioned let's go try their old i mean yeah i'm just one of those i i don't worry about competition because i feel like it breeds a better product And, and the free market will you know, if you're not keeping up, you know, a lot, a lot of people talk about, oh, the early, early bird gets a worm. But a lot of people say, yeah, but the, the second worm up lives, you mm-hmm. know, that kind yep. of a deal. Absolutely. And that's true in business. A lot of the a lot of the second businesses are the ones that are actually thrive. It's not the first one. They get all beat up. But but you soften up the environment in the mm-hmm. community or the economy or whatever for the second one to really roots to take hold. And, and sometimes, you know, and there's a thousand examples I could give you through through history of business of where the first one got whacked and the second one, you know, made it through. Yeah. I mean, beta, I mean, for here it's beta and VCR, right? I mean, as an easy example, I look at all these cameras. I mean, there's a thousand of them in technology that, you know, may have even been a superior technology, but sorry. Yeah. No, you're good. Um, I like it. Let's talk about standard issue a little bit. We haven't talked about that. Sure. Uh, well, I just came from a meeting on that one. Um, Standard issue, so that, to, to, to start from the, the genesis of that deal, um, I, I moved downtown about, I don't know, four and a half years ago, four years ago, and um, again, walking up and down Douglas and riding my bicycle and looking around and realizing there is nowhere besides two malls to buy men's clothing. Um, I mean, unless you go way out east. So that kind of spurned me of starting to ask the question, why not? And I had actually was lucky enough to own a property that 
would be a really good location uh, for something like that. So I kind of put two and two together, got introduced to some folks that were in the industry and um, some other folks, you know, in the SBA because I'd had um, some interactions with them in the past. And of course, just the whole cadre of accountants and bankers and blah, blah, blah. Um, So myself and a partner took it upon ourselves to build out this thing and kind of a, uh, manly experience with this idea of kind of a boutique with a, um, the business plan has, is kind of a boutique with a barbershop in the back, which it took us a couple years to finally execute that portion of the business plan, but it did happen. It, it just took us a long time to find the right, um, connection with a barber that understood the vision and it worked with their vibe and their business plan for expansion. Uh, but, but it really is a lot like shift and like my old uh, wine bar cana that it's an experience. And that's what I like to create. I like to create these environments where you're not just going in. I'm not transactional. Like you said, I'll talk mm-hmm. to you for 45 minutes. I, if you're coming in, we're, we're going to offer you a drink. We're going to talk to you about the product. You're going to get a haircut or some other experience in there. And, you know, hopefully you make a friend through it mm-hmm. and you come back because you like to hang out. And if we're lucky enough, you'll invest money in one of our products. And if not, you know what? You're still our buddy and we're still going to have fun. (laughs) Um, And I feel like that's always been my approach to business. It's not a high pressure kind of a deal. It's like, look, here's what we have to offer. Um, You know, we're always open for input. Um, But that was opened in COVID. It was opened in June of 20, which is, uh, you know. Well, that's a great time to open a business. A month and a half after (laughs) the world exploded. Yeah. We're trying to buy. We're trying to sell something that is very. I won't. The experience part you can't buy, and that's my secret sauce, right? You have to go to SI to get SI. But if you want a T-shirt, pretty easy to click. Buy now online, right? Yeah. Especially in a pandemic. So, um, we we're kind of trying to do the impossible, um, but we had some great, great experiences, some great months through that. Uh, we. Our, part of our business plan was always to create our own designs, uh, be fairly, I don't want to say hyper-local, but fairly local, you know, represent local makers, uh, you know, get these guys out of their, and gals out of their basements and garages and onto Main Street, or actually Douglas and Wichita, um, at low cost or, or really hardly anything. And, and we, and we, we've executed on everything. We've sold, you know, we've, we've had really good designs and all these things, but we are in an internet world and that is a very, um, capital, uh, expensive, uh, business. So right now I'm actually reconstituting the company in a way that is, um, sustainable through not only the new drops, but we're coming up, I, I, the meeting I just left from was a gym line we're working on, um, which maybe we can do some cross collaboration on even. Because yeah. um, I've gotten a lot of input on, hey, Rodney, we need, and they see me in the gym, so they're like, you really need to be building the gym line. Um, and there are some things that I, even when I'm in the gym, I'm like, man, you know, I wish this was a little different or, or this, you know, looked different or whatever. But so we're working down that path um, and we're working on more of how are we going to take, uh, standard issue kind of to the next level. Um, we've made it to our cut and sew. We did do some flannels this last year. 
um, over the winter time, which is kind of our our pinnacle thing. We always want to do what we want to get down to eventually is someday you walk into Standard Edition, it's like walking into I don't know, Ralph Lauren and everything in there is your brand, right? Yeah. Everything. And, you know, for a while we've had to introduce uh, several other brands to Wichita, which has been awesome. I mean, we've got some great stuff from Haller Brothers and Taylor Stitch and Normal Brand and Cato and all, all these really cool brands that no one in Wichita really used much or, or had shopped for. And that's been great. But again, we're fighting the internet. They go in there, we don't have the size. And rather than feel like they're bothering us, they'll just go click it on the Cato yeah. website. So that's been that's been tough. But um, we're combating that, you know. Um, we just got to figure out how to get more of our stuff in there and how we just leverage the, the makers, the barbershop. I mean, we have all the pieces it's just kind of like a, as you know, in business, it's almost like you're doing a jigsaw puzzle upside down. Yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. you can do a jigsaw puzzle upside down, but it's a hell of a lot easier when it's face up. And yeah. I feel like a couple <laughs> of the pieces are up, but that is so funny. I actually said that exact line on a <laughs> really? coaching call today. I really? said the exact line. Uh, I've never said that in my life. So. That is insane. I Maybe it's said, in this room. I know. I don't know. I was like, I was talking about um, getting the playbook for like a marketing strategy and I, I was like, I see the pe- I see the puzzle pieces, I can see them all laid out, but I don't know how to put them together. And it's uh, like I can't. It's like they're uh, blank pieces of. Oh yeah, something like that's, that. That's yeah. crazy. Um, <laughs> that's cool. But going back to like standard, I feel mm-hmm. like you guys are in that pivot moment. Mm-hmm. You know, pivoting in the business, and it kind of goes back. I tell this stat to a lot of people when it comes to like Facebook ad campaigns or any ad campaigns. There's a stat out there that says 80% of any campaign you run, you're going to have to change it. 20% of the time, you get to just plug and play it, and for some reason. The algorithm gods allow you to have it work. What, at what time in any business that you've done, especially standard, do you finally make that call to pivot? Well, right now is is that moment. You're mm-hmm. right, and the Pareto principle obviously applies. I mean, in our original business plan, the one thing that we haven't executed on. I mean, I told you about the the cut and sew thing, the makers. The barbershop, those are all check marks. The, the main one, though, was turning this more into an online business and having our shop as kind of this boutique deal. Like the dream was, you know, this is going to be such a cool brand that someone's just going to want to come to Wichita just to see where this shit's made. You know, like yeah. this is a cool deal. And like hang out with the guys, meet the owner, whatever. And that has not switched. And I think that that is, uh, I mean, that's why you're probably making. Uh, all the progress you're making is because you you have the ability and the background and the understanding more than most of how that world works and you know I can you know, what's weird to me and and, I, and this is coming from an old school IT guy background is you know that reminds me of early on when I could make an ethernet network 16 different ways and I can read 16 different articles and they're all <laughs> experts in their field and they're all going to disagree on how to do that. And I feel like that's where we are, no disrespect at all, no. To, to social media. But I'll say, and I'm, I'm like looking at your boxes without even reading the words, but it looks like a flow and it's like, and this is one of my favorite consulting terms and you can use it if you want, but where there's mystery, there's money, right? Like where people don't really understand, that's where expertise becomes very valuable mm-hmm. and you know and that's where 
you can come in and really create value for your client. And I feel like, and I know that um, you've tried valiantly to help us and, um, and it's been all, all your input's been awesome. It's just, I don't know the way, man. I mean, that's, and you know, as, as a business owner, it sucks that burns coming out, but it's the honest truth back to kind of the humble stuff. And, uh, I don't know. I mean, I feel like there's two or three things we haven't tried to do and that in a real way, and that's give away a bunch of free merchandise to a bunch of, um, influencers. We haven't, uh, a lot of the stuff that we haven't done, it's actually been free. Well, quote unquote free, kind of a sunk cost, but, and that's where I think I'm going to try to do some of that a lot more than I have and Mm -hmm. really push it and put it more in place. And then I want to turn up more on the, uh, actual social interaction side. I still believe people buy from people. I mean, I know the internet's easy and what you see, I mean, we kind of burn it down a little bit earlier because it isn't really all true, but you know, these parties, you know, we are lucky enough, uh, the city which saw built this or helped us build a beautiful patio out in front of our, our shop. And I really want to engage that. I want to have parties on the patio and I want to do things on Friday nights and all those things take time, planning, energy, effort. You know, I know your word of the year is execution. I looked at some of your stuff in the past (laughs) where I came on and and that's probably one of the best words in the world. Um, But I feel like people have to really realize when I see execution, probably unlike most people, that's like, that means you're going to do something. And to me, I read the word execute as you're going to kill all the noise, execute all that, like get that out of there. Mm -hmm. We're going to do just this thing. And there's been a lot of noise in our business. We've had a lot of distractions. We've had some growing pains. We've had a lot of great wins too. Um, You know, I, I get pretty charged up by it and what it does for Wichita back to, you know, it, it is a, a really neat thing. And, I, you know, we've came a long ways in three years, but there's a lot of work to be done. I mean, there's no doubt about that, but um, work in progress to be yeah. continued. I, I mean, love it. Yeah. That's great. I feel like that's a lot of what, uh, I mean, it's kind of that whole, like, people don't get to see behind the curtain in a lot of things. Yeah. They don't get to see that, you know, what you think might be the most well-oiled machine, you know, is doing some crazy stuff behind the scenes. And I think that's where, um, to kind of pump the brakes and shift here a little bit is kind of getting into, uh, you know, who do you think that you get the most inspiration from? Um, and this can be meaning a lot of things, but it kind of goes into like, is there anywhere, is there anywhere that you've had a mentor or a coach or anything to learn the things that you've learned and gone and, you know, are you kind of just feeling it out as you go? Yeah. Well, I, I hate to say <laughs> kind of that kind of the hard knock way, but, um, I'll tell you who I've listened to a lot lately. I've started reading his books, but I really like listening to him a lot better is Jordan Peterson. Yeah. And I don't know why, if it's his philosophical delivery and more of his cognitive stuff, which matches a lot more to my academic background, but I seem to sync up with a lot of what he says um, and to your point about a guy having it all figured out, this is a guy that if you look at him on paper should have it all figured out. But if you look at him in life, I mean, the dude cries half the time he's talking and I've, I've fallen into that even, I wouldn't be surprised if I cried today, but, mm-hmm. uh, he's got some real issues, but he is so smart. He understands his issues 
And I think he's trying to, to work through them as he helps others, which I think a lot of us do. I mean, I know sometimes when I'm talking uh, easily, interpersonal or business, I, I remember uh, a time where I was talking about all this business stuff, giving this guy what I thought was great information, and I sat there and thought, I need to be doing every single thing I'm telling this guy. Yeah. Why am I not <laughs> doing this mm-hmm. myself? And I put that in plan, and within six months, we were doing great. And uh, I literally had to, quote-unquote, help someone else to kind of take my own medicine. Mm-hmm. And I found even probably like you with all this stuff, you learn a lot from – I've been a teacher in my past, and you really learn the subject when you teach it. Yeah, You know, you have to be the expert. You know, in our area of uh, – you know, being a consultant or if you ever have a, a C title in your name, you know, you're a CEO of this company, you are the expert. When you walk in the room, you're an employee, you're supposed to have a lot of the answers. And depending on how big your organization is, maybe someone's very skilled in one area and they you rely on them to have all the answers, mm-hmm. back to your point about. But when you're little, you're see everything. Yep. And uh, <laughs> you're going to make some bad decisions. Or you're going to need that mentor or you're going to need that one passage in a book or you're going to need a little motivational podcast or whatever it is. But, yeah. you know, there's so much information available now compared to the past. I mean, I remember when I first got started with the rental properties and it almost sounds overdone, but 20 years ago, it's like Rich Dad, Poor Dad. That's like the book. Yeah. I think like, that still is the book. It probably I is. See, I see that book all the time. That's what I mean. But that guy, <laughs> I mean, I'm like, all right, whatever. I read it. I'm like, that all makes sense. Yeah. I want to be, you know, or sad for that. Do you feel yeah. like, I, I don't know, I don't know if I'm just this way or if a lot of people are this way, but I'm like a weirdo. Like if I listen to motivational, motivational podcast, it literally will change my day. Like if I listen to something motivational. That's all I listen to working out at six in the morning. I love That's it. That's all I, I don't even listen to music. I don't know what I it is. I just listen to that. <laughs> and I've listened to the same ones probably a hundred times. Mm-hmm. And I've only started that for probably the past, like really seriously six months. Mm-hmm. I mean, but uh, it does change my day, and I'm a big sauna guy. I mean, if it comes down to working out or going to the sauna, I go to the sauna every time. And that's my time. I just literally, probably what I what you know I should do in church or whatever, but, like, I literally just concentrate on the message. Mm-hmm. Like, no doubt. Like, I'm just like, okay. And some of these are like, eh, you know, even I could take it or leave it, you know, because they're kind of in a row. It's not like one person. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, man, they're, they're impactful. I, I feel like they are, or they at least make you think about something you didn't think about, but yeah, mm-hmm. they kind of fire me up too. It's kind of cool. Yeah. And I, I don't think you're crazy at all by that. I think it's probably a, a growing area. And I always think if, I mean, I feel like I could, I could do one of those. Yeah. I mean, I do like, sometimes <laughs> I get so fired up. I'm like, Oh man, you know, and honestly, between you and me, I've came up with all these, uh, graphic tees for the uh workout line based on a lot of what i've heard in those podcasts yeah some of them are a spin on it some of them have kind of a local inflection but a lot of what i've heard in some of those are uh, gonna go on some workout t-shirts that i'm yeah on. i love that 100 percent. you know i just i think when people read those or see them it should evoke a response in them even especially if mm-hmm. you're at the gym Absolutely. It's not even really for the guy wearing it. Mm-hmm. It's for the person on the gym, you know, on the bench across from like, 
I don't want to do another set. And you're like, embrace the suck. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to hit it. We'll do. One. Yeah. 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 Check. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, what do you think is more important, discipline or motivation? Man. Those are both probably, I, I mean, if there's a one and a two, I think motivation, and here's why. I think motivation has to come from within. Discipline, in my experience in the military at least, well, even in sports, athletics, that can be taught. That can be, I can't motivate you necessarily. Like I can say okay. some stuff that might put, put a little fire in your belly, but you've got to get off dead certain to go do something. Mm-hmm. Discipline is getting up when, you're, when your alarm clock rings. Yeah. Or, you know, paying that bill on time or, you know, taking care of whatever you need to take care of on time. Yeah. You know, whatever rhythm that is, that's your own circadian rhythm. It's, it's the rhythm of the business. I mean, to me, that's discipline. It's just, but being motivated to me is one of those things that goes back to consistency, um, which is discipline, that's kind of probably where they kind of intersect. If you did a little Venn diagram, they probably, yeah. that middle circle is probably consistency between those two things. But, um, man, motivation, you just can't, I can't motivate an employee. I can't, that's something that I don't want to say you're born with it because that's weird because I think everybody can change and, mm-hmm. and I think everybody has their own motivations too. Yeah. I mean, are you saying motivated like, almost like the attitude you have while you're doing something like discipline, you might do it, but you might be mad while doing it. Are you thinking? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. I, you think I like getting up at six and working out, <laughs> dude, I go through incredible physical pain sometimes to work out, but the reason to do it is you're in that building. I always I almost have this checklist, especially when it's dark, like in the winter months and it's cold mm-hmm. and I'm trudging in there. I'm like, I mean, you know, my girlfriend's warm. The bed's nice. It's yep. <laughs> everything's perfect. What am I doing? The dog's on my feet. It's yep. everything's toasty, you know, and you get up and you're like, that was a great, that picture was painted. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, like I mean, cause I, I've had to get out of that bed. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell? Why? What am I doing? But I know, and here's why I'm doing it. Not why, but I'll tell you when you can roll around and tell someone you're 50 and they're like, what? You're like, try it, man. Cause you mm-hmm. got to invest in this. And I always tell everybody my first investments in, in your body, you know, they, it's cliche. And they say, Oh, your body's a temple and all that. That's true. Yeah. A thousand percent. You're only getting one of these. And if it's not working, none of this, none of what we're talking about matters. Success doesn't matter. Yep. You're fighting off all kinds of problems if you're not staying healthy. So I, I'm always like, yeah, man, the first, I mean, if you want to go through what's your priorities, your, your body better be up there mm-hmm. somewhere, you know? And I, I feel like the only way you're going to, feel good and look good and, and your body's going to work good is to invest in it. Yeah. And, and investment just like in business consistency over time, discipline over time. And, uh, the proofs in the pudding, you see guys walking around when I see a dude at six o'clock in the morning, and I've done business with these guys because they're all getting after it. I see a dude in the gym at six o'clock in the morning, you know, if he's young I've done business, and if he's middle-aged, and these guys are getting after it, they've got a plan for their day. Mm-hmm. They, I can walk into a gym and tell you that dude's getting it. I can almost probably walk out and pick out what they're driving and what they're doing the rest of the day because these guys all have a plan, and they're all dialed in, and they're trying to get it in just like I am. I mean, mm-hmm. I've had some of the best experiences 
either in the gym at 6 or 8 in the morning, talking business or in the sauna or wherever. And it's all because these guys are driven. They're all motivated. It all sucks for all of us. We're not yeah. super happy we're all in there all the time. I mean, I feel like a lot of people, oh, yeah, you're a gym rat. And this, I'm like, dude, I got eight other things on my mind right now. I just know I have to do this. Yep. It's non-negotiable. I got to be in here. I got to be banging iron. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, do I take a day off? Absolutely. I'm like you. I mean, when you say, you know, the $50,000 guy and having the weekends off, sure, do I? Yeah, I mean, but I don't feel like um, if you're not putting that time in, you're you're never you're going to be real happy when you're 60 or 70 and you're ambulatory and you're moving around and you're happy and you're still going on vacations with your grandkids or if you're just sitting in the armchair every night watching mm-hmm. whatever series you know I that blows people away. I don't have I don't really watch TV at all yeah or news. You want to, you want to go into bad news to start watching the news. Yeah. Now, do I pay attention to the markets? Do I, you know, do I have a business <laughs> service that I read? Absolutely. Do, do I care about those sorts of things? Big uh, global events? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. Do I have money in the market and pay attention? Sure. But if it bleeds, it leads all that shit. I don't care about what's, ha- I yeah. don't, I don't want to hear about the shoot. I don't want to hear about all that. And yeah. I'm not putting my head in the sand. It's just unhelpful. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to fall into that trap of just negativity because that's what happens. I get negative fast. Yep. I get motivated when I listen to motivational podcasts. I can watch the news for about 10 minutes and be pissed off. Like, yep. really. Absolutely. Like, this is stupid. And you start to give up on humanity. I mean, I don't even understand how you could be a business owner and watch the news every single day and have enough faith in the human condition to do business. Yep. I mean, that sounds terrible, <laughs> dude. But, so, I mean, I just don't have a lot of time for for that sort of medium. I mean, yeah. I'd rather just spend quality time um, when I'm at home or I'm working on something, but I just, not my thing. Yeah. What kind of a uh, daily routine and daily routine and time management strategies do you have to kind of stay, to stay on top of things doing that 6am workout? Uh, and- I do that workout and then um, I use outlook calendar or Google calendar, you know, I've got two or three shared calendars. Uh, one's my work one. Like I said, that one takes priority. It's a different color. Mm-hmm. Everything's color-coded. So I've got an, a calendar that I share um, with my girlfriend that that is like the outside of day job stuff. And she has, the own, she has her own day job, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then she has the outside of the day job stuff. And she may throw on appointments and I throw on appointments. But it's just... Uh, more of an organizational tactic of where are we going to be and almost for a travel schedule as much as anything. But a lot yeah. of it is daily. It's like, Hey, I'm going to be here. You know, do you need a prescription picked up while I'm at, <laughs> you know, central and rock Yeah, because absolutely. I'm eating, you know, lunch right around the corner kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the reason for the sharing of the calendar. But, but I live my life and it, it's, you know, most entrepreneurs are like, oh, I, I, I threw away my calendar when I, you know, or I don't work as hard or whatever. It's passive income, all this bullshit. I'm like, no, <laughs> those buzz, dude, buzz I, I'm, I live off the calendar. You know, mm-hmm. I had, you know, as soon as I, you know, felt like I could make this guy, I called you. I mean, I, I was like, dude, and then I'm like, oh, all right, I feel okay. Now let's mm-hmm. go again, you know, because I really, you know, wanted to get it done and, and, and do what I said I was going to do. It's important to me. And, that's really it. I just, 
I show up. I try to be punctual. You know, I feel like if you're late, that's pretty disrespectful. Yeah. I mean, because like we're talking about time, value, and money. And I've always thought that. Like, if I was always late to mm-hmm. something, I always try to be on time because then it shows, like, that you don't care about that person's time. Yeah. Yeah, and I knew, like, I got here right <laughs> at 3, opened my door, dropped yeah. myself, I said, hey, I'm here. <laughs> I wanted yep. This guy's yelled at me at the shop, and I didn't know if he needed help on the lift or what, and I came back in. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I was speeding here. I was like, I want to, I, I don't want to be late, you know? And, uh, I do that all the time. My, my, if I do anything really bad, as far as like, if there's something for, for everybody here, it's give yourself some driving time. I'm terrible about literally giving myself zero minutes between functions. Yeah. And that's terrible. If those are truly hard meeting times to start. Did you ever, uh, do you do a lot of like Google Meets and Zooms? My day job, we have online so meetings. I have an issue now where I've like, I've been so used to you doing- You can butt those up. Yeah. Yes. And it's like, I got so used to being yeah. able to do a three o'clock and a three o'clock, like end here and then yeah. start here. Mm-hmm. And then now, like I'm doing business with people in Wichita and I'm going to actually meet them. And I put drive time in. Yeah. It's burned me a couple times. And put it in your so, calendar. Yeah. Drive time. Yep. yep. You got to do it. Um, yeah, I think everybody fell in that trap, especially post-COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've always done, or I've always done drive time. I tell my sellers to do the same thing because a lot of times it's easy to forget that. Yeah. And then it's like, <laughs> I mean, even in a town that, you know, you're 15 minutes from everywhere, yeah. still 15 minutes. That's yep. missing the mark. Yep. If it's an Absolutely. hour-long conversation, you just missed 25% of it. Yep. It's a big deal. Um, so, yeah, try to put that, um, I try to put those driving times in there and then sometimes you know bio break go get a drink yep decompress for a second <laughs> what if your last meeting was terrible and you're about yeah. to turn around and jump into another meeting? it's like you know go <laughs> hit, yeah. hit the you know do something <laughs> yeah get a little frustration out i mean i feel like sometimes i carry the last meeting into the next meeting when they're butted up like that mm-hmm. and uh i actually had that today i i had a i got kind of sideways in one meeting and the very next meeting was with my new boss and, and he said, hey, how can we help you this and that? And, and I've had some, uh, I don't know when this is going to air, but <laughs> I had some compensation struggles. I said, well, here's the deal. And I told him the honest truth, just like I tell you, would you rather have someone that needs to work or wants to work? Mm-hmm. What would you, what would you say to that? Wants to work. Okay. Well, that, that's, that's who I am. Mm-hmm. And, and really I'll take it a step further. I told him boss, I want to win. I like my, I like my job. I like the people that work for me. I like my client base. I like uh, my patch, everything. Everything's good. I want to win. And I've been very successful and work, work hard to make sure that we are the best in this market at the enterprise level. However, I'm not going to do it for free. Mm-hmm. And I took on um, just recently those, I, I took on this, some, of, some of those other offices, I'll just say. And basically my my compensation stayed the same. I got said, more well, workload, but yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And they're not going to hire another person like me to take over those teams that used to have them. So mm-hmm. I know the company saving me all this. And I said, Hey, yeah. I'm not asking for a lot, but come on, man. You know, it's a, you know, and I know everything's getting tighter and this isn't, you know, I know there's a lot of people that are just like, well, I'd rather just to kept my job or whatever. But my whole deal was, is I've repeatedly said this over and over. And I told my boss, I said, dude, I said, I will get, 
I told him, well, I, I did the whole, would you rather have someone want to work for you or need to work? And I said, dude, I, I'd want to work for you because I don't need this. I said, I would get cardboard burned throwing my laptop in the FedEx box so fast. <laughs> he was laughing. And he goes, I know, Rojo, I know, I know. And I said, well, work for me on this deal, you know, kind of kind of help me out. But mm-hmm. I really, I am working my day job because I absolutely love what we do for our clients. I know we provide value. We have the mm-hmm. best people in the industry and the best products. And, and we always have the best outcomes. I'm like, this was a pretty fun job. And, and we really changed business. I mean, big time. I mean, we can... I mean, we're pretty much through change of manual processes. Now we're like really change of workflow. I mean, like we're, we're way up the stack, right? Yeah. Or, or we're, you know, we're, we're fighting the, some intrusion or, you know, something really bad's happened or wherever. But it's really pretty cool. And especially a lot of the places locally that we see some of these large manufacturers and stuff that are in town that are really changing processes and, and, and being leaner and, and, you know, hopefully helping our economy even more and creating more jobs. And, and, uh, but I, I thought that was interesting that I brought that. Well, I came out of that meeting right into another meeting right behind it, kind of with that swagger. Well, yeah. <laughs> the problem was that was a customer satisfaction event. Oh. So they wanted to have the brass on, right? So mm-hmm. I'm in there like, you know, <laughs> which, I calmed down pretty quick because the guy was not happy. I'm like, oh, yeah, wait, hold up. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's the victim in this one. It's mm-hmm. not me, you know. So, <laughs> uh, but that's the danger of having these back to back meetings and not letting your your psyche like recalibrate, or at least mine. Yeah. I get, I get moving in one direction and it, and, and until that is done, it's hard to, it's like turning a, a battle carrier. Yeah. Like, so. it's like sometimes it's also hard to be like, understanding and like kind of outside your body to realize that you're even in that headspace. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my first, I did my very first, I was on mute. I'm on the, you know how you can text my, my, I'm like, who gives a shit about this? Yeah. Uh, what, what's he want? I mean, I was like almost flip. Like, cause mm-hmm. I just like, I'm, I'm over it already. Yeah. You know, what's what is, what's the ask here, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, I had at once I got my head screwed on straight and listen. And that's another thing. A lot of people hear you, but they don't listen. And I was just hearing him. Mm-hmm. All I could hear is the freaking, you know, Charlie Brown's <laughs> teacher. Ram, ram, ram. Like, yeah. I'm just like, okay, you know, let's go. What's the ask? Yeah, here it comes, you know. Mm-hmm. But then I started hearing about what kind of hell we kind of put him through. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was like, <laughs> we did what? Yeah. Why did we do that? You know, how are we, you know, how do, how are we getting in our own way like this? And by the end of the deal, and I've still been a uh, customer a lot longer than I've been a consultant. So I, if anything, I always side with the customer anyway, mm-hmm. but what rolled into that meeting, I was kind of like, eh, it's all about Rodney for a minute, you know? Yeah. And, but then when <laughs> I listened to him, I'm like, oh man, yeah, we need to do something, you know, value for this customer getting back on the tracks. And, and we did. Um, and that's another thing, you know, no matter whose business it is, you're going to fail. You're going to flub something up. And it's that whole, when you fall down, how are you going to get up? You mm-hmm. know? And some people can get up a lot more gracefully than others. Yep. And I think that to me is the big differentiator anymore in business because everybody's going to fail. Yep. I mean, especially in your environment where 
you may not even get a fair shake at failure. Honestly, like your your kind of business takes a while for uh, progress to be discovered. Mm-hmm. Which is what would worry me if I was <laughs> in your shoes. Like, yeah. well, you know, I mean, I've had that a little bit with standard issue where we have to spend money here and finally capture it here. Yeah. But at least you're walking out with a t-shirt. Your deal is, is we're going to put stuff in place here. It's almost like working out. Yeah. And I promise you, if you follow this diet, this yep. regimen, in eight months, mm-hmm. I mean, let's take a picture here. It's not that instant gratification. Here. It's not. <laughs> and Sometimes it is. And those ones are great because then those clients love you whenever you get that instant gratification well, and you're like, oh, this worked. You, you get that 20% chance of the ad campaign just taking off and running. Yeah. And then they get an instant ROI, get some clients in. That's why we've actually switched to be more service-based because I think leads are a lot easier to manage than like an e-com business or someone that's trying to grow a YouTube channel or something like that. And so it's like, I have this whole leads and legacy program where I can focus more on like a roofer that needs a lead and I can give them an instant ROI as long as they can do the sales cycle quickly. So if I can get you a lead, you get on the phone with them and you sell them, then you will have an instant ROI. And that is where kind of like a conversation we were having the other night of whenever it comes to service-based providers, if I can just do an ad campaign and get you leads in, that has its own messed up 80%, 20% or whatever. Yeah. But if I can just get you that lead in and then get you business, then I can show you that it's working. And I can, And what's the greatest thing is I run my own ad campaigns for my own company. So I can show that this is how, this is how it's working, you know, and I've started to realize, you know, setting expectations up front, having those hard conversations. Cause you go through, I get onto these sales calls and I'm starting to realize that it's not worth it to, and I don't want to say I was doing smoke and mirrors, but to be super, <laughs> super upfront with people of like ad campaigns when they first start can be rough. And you it, know what it, I would do? I'd be like, how'd you get a hold of me? Yeah, exactly. I found it on the internet. And I'd yeah. be like, gotcha. <laughs> that's a great way to put it. I would. I'd be like, but, gotcha. That's what you're going to pay me for. Yeah. I, I mean, that's I, how I, actually, I would close. Yeah, that'd be amazing. <laughs> <Yeah>. Gotcha. <laughs> but that's how like I tell people is like, this isn't going to be easy. Yeah. And I'm not going to sell you, you know the world, but it's not that I wouldn't not tell people that, but I wouldn't set the full expectations up front to let them know, Hey, we're going to have some spam come in. You're going to, if you want to make this phone call, you might call someone that literally might not exist because there's a lead file or something. Yeah. It's a bot spam. Yeah. And now I'm like super upfront about it. And I have all these things that I learned through, you know, those pain points and getting a client on for a month and then churning them back out within the month and all those things that as you grow and you realize that, you know, you just need to set those expectations up front. Cause now that I set them, I have, you know, a much lower turn rate because people are starting to realize well, it's like quantifiable. Yeah. I mean, you know, they can me, see who, and I'm probably <laughs> way over my skis on this, but I don't care about the followers. Like, yeah. If shift has a thousand more followers tomorrow, I don't care. Yeah. It's, I don't think it's, what's it going to do for me? I'm not mm-hmm. actively searching for members. You know what I mean? Yeah. And standard issue, if they have a thousand more followers tomorrow, that's probably a good thing somehow. But if you said, Rodney, this guy needs to buy jeans or this team needs to buy t-shirts, I think you guys would design great t-shirts to just kind of spin your, Mm -hmm. that is quantifiable. That's something I'm like, cool. Yeah. I'll call him right now. I'll do that right now. It's actionable. Yep. This other thing's kind of like, all right, cool. I'm a little more popular. What the hell do I do with that? Mm -hmm. And maybe that's a little more of your magic, but. To me, as a business owner, this is an... Uh, well, and that's what I'm starting to realize. Yeah. When I get on these sales calls, I just need to sell a vacation. 
I need to sell it, say, hey, here's a lead that wants to talk to you. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about how I'm getting the lead in. Don't worry about the yeah. ad campaign and all this. I don't this care. Stuff. You know what I mean? Don't, yeah. Just, you're making more money. Yeah. Talk to this guy. Do what you do yeah. best. And I'm starting to realize, like, getting less nerdy with it is actually helping me. Yeah. Just sell that vacation and not sell the Greyhound bus or the flight to get there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> just get them there. Yeah. They're, they're wanting the outcome, just like yep. you're wanting the outcome. Absolutely. I, I think that's true. I had a guy today <laughs> out in the shop, and it, I had to leave for him. I said, hey. This guy, you know, he wants his service done on his car, blah, blah, blah. And uh, he's like, all right, send me his number. He didn't say, did the guy email you? Mm-hmm. The guy talked to you? How do you know? He didn't He didn't care about any of that. Yeah. Give, give me the number. I'll give him a call. I mean, you know, and that's all I expect him to ask me mm-hmm. or to tell me. I mean, it'd be nice if he pat me on the back and said thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Put her in bucks in my pocket. But, but whatever. He won't do that and I won't ask. <laughs> yeah. But... Uh, <laughs> To your point, though, he doesn't care. Mm-hmm. No business owner really cares. Yep. You know, and I think maybe a few sold. I think you said you're pivoting a little bit, but a few sold it. Say I'm this super nerdy guy, and I got all these great. And you use word algorithm even once, I'm already out. But yep. But that's what everybody <laughs> wants. That's they hear enough of that. They're like, oh, do you understand SEO or whatever? Mm-hmm. Like, look, man, who cares? Yep. I'm gonna give you a handful of leads every day. You know, I mean, I remember when they started selling service, GE started selling the turbo, you know, the uh, jet engine. They sell thrust now. They don't sell engines. Mm-hmm. You're you're literally buying hours of thrust, which blows okay. people's mind. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, that's all you want. When you're in a plane, you, you really care about this. All you care about is the thrust that gets you there. Yep. It could be anything. Mm-hmm. GE could be selling Rolls Royce engines. It doesn't matter. They're selling you thrust now. Yeah. Well, it's kind of the same thing with you. It's like, you know, I would almost say you're going to get five leads a week or whatever, you know, yep. make that, me- make that See, the I, metric. In, in my the- mind, being like being a marketing director and like under, like thinking about all these things I had to do to get leads in and all the whole thing, I thought I was bringing more value to a client by like telling them it all and teaching them marketing. But I'm like, you don't want a marketing degree. I mean, I don't have a marketing degree, no, but you don't want a marketing that's degree. That's why they're going to you. Yeah. And so once I like once I kind of made that shift, I've seen a lot, a lot better results. I think it's better, even for my clients, just to realize that hey, within the first thirty days, chill. Like if everyone did this in thirty days, we'd have a lot more successful people. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like, <laughs> right? Yeah. So and like it's a process. Got to trust is. the process. Yeah, yeah, it is a process. So, <laughs> um, so uh kind of not really pivoting here at all, but we've talked about it a little bit, but like, what is your why? Hmm. I, I just always go back to self-improvement. Yeah. Um, it's one of those deals where I feel like if I'm not progressing, I'm regressing. I know that's probably not the case. I'm sure there's nice, long, beautiful plateaus out there, mm-hmm. but like you, I'm built like a Billy guy. I want to keep going up. I want to keep climbing. <laughs> Um, but not to, not in a material way really at all. In fact, in this last year where I've been listening to more motivational stuff, part of it's my age too, I think. And, and I've been through a lot of loss and especially in the last five years, but, uh, just more to life. So I think, um, like building that house and I'm literally kind of architect in my, So this is how I've kind of laid out my life. Not like strict, but Mm -hmm. five-year chunks. Like, where's Tyler going to be in five years? That's a tough question. Especially like where you're at, you're kind of what I would say in the 
beginning of a hockey stick. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. If that's what you want. <laughs> yeah. Some people, you know, they're they're cool. Um, a lot of things will change between 30 and 45 for you. I mean, a lot. And uh, for a lot of different reasons. Especially as hard as you're pushing, something's going to happen. Well, and I, this is obviously not mathematical and based on my own experience, but from 45, I would say to 65, like I'm kind of looking to like my next 15, 20 years, where does Rodney want to be? What's he want to be doing? And how's he want to do it? And that plays into where my daughter's at, where my son's at, where my businesses are, you know, how much debt I have. I mean, everything, you know, mm-hmm. you just throw all that stuff in a, in a vat and you stir it around and you hope for a few few of the income outcomes. And, and I'm not saying like a scripted outcome, but it's just like some high level. Like I want a house in Florida. I want to be able to spend this much time traveling. I want to, you know, have this much money in the bank or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's not prescriptive, but it's, if you don't have a plan, you're never going to get anywhere or a map or anything else. It's just like, just take off driving. Where are you going? Hell, I don't know. Yeah. I'm just driving. <laughs> well, you're going to run out of gas, number one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or your car's going to break. <laughs> yep. You're going to end up in a neighborhood you don't want to be in. I mean, whatever. So I've always tried to have a plan, but not like a hardcore destination. Like I don't. But my why is to, is to keep moving down that path on my terms. Not being forced. I've seen so many people um, be forced into their reality. I heard this term the other day, uh, a situationship. Oh, yeah. Instead of like a relationship. <laughs> yeah. Like even in their own relationships, like, well, I'm in a situationship. I'm like, mm-hmm. dang, that's a new one. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if I have that to look it up one. on Urban Dictionary. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's pretty good. I like that. Mm-hmm. I like amalgamations <laughs> of words like that. Half the time I make them on accident, but that's yeah. a pretty good one. But I just don't want to, I want to, I want to do life on my terms, yep. whatever that means. And, um, that's probably my why is just to make sure that I'm doing what I think it is for me to be successful, uh, mentally, physically, and financially for, for me and my family and my friends, you know, just to kind of get on down the road the way I think I want to live my life. Yeah. yeah. What's your why? I just want to help people. So that's like, pretty altruistic. Yeah. Like it's kind of, when I really think about like what my why is and like why I do a lot of the stuff I do, um, it's really just to help people. Yeah. Whether it's financially with their businesses, whether it's, you know, doing a podcast about helping people understand that there's all different walks of life and that you can do anything you want to do. And it's not necessarily all about the, you know, cause the, the idea behind what do you do with your 24 is kind of like hustle culture and you have 24 hours in a day, what are you going to do? And that's how I see it. I think it's how you see it. Yeah. But I think there's some people that I'm going to have on here that they don't necessarily see it that way. And I think those conversations are going to be really fun to have about, you know, how other people spend their 24 hours a day doesn't necessarily mean. Sometime do a panel. You know, do what? Sometime do a panel. When you get yeah. one of those that are like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. I'd love to be on for that <laughs> one. Because I'm yeah. like, you don't have time. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know who you're going to have on here, but I'm here to tell you, fine, time is finite. And mm-hmm. you don't have it. Yep. It's right now. And, you know. And I don't know if they're going to be like that. It's honestly kind of just me assuming oh, okay. it. Because, I mean, they might be. But I, I think I think I'm just going to have people that are on that are, you know, serial entrepreneurs that have done all these things in real estate. But I'm also going to have my, um, you know, 
camera guys that I used to work on TV shows with and, you know, uh, Bryce is going to be on with the tequila company. And so I have all these people lined up and I think you're going to have all these people that live these lives of serial entrepreneurship. Like I'm hitting it every day and I'm going, I'm hitting the gym at 6am cause I don't have enough time in the day right. versus someone that might just have a really successful career and they do their nine to five and they show up and they go home and, oh, you know, that's true. okay. so I think you'll have a mix of all sorts of people, but I might have someone on that's like, I play video games all day and I don't have a job. Who knows? Well, the, the time <laughs> thing is, is just a pure fact, but, but the way, like, if you have a successful nine to five guy, yeah, that's going home and living, you know, that beautiful life. That that's a different. That's a, just a different deal. But mm-hmm. I'll tell you, for him to get where he's at, he had to have had some of these common traits of other entrepreneurs and whatever. I mean, yeah. he's a self starter. Mm-hmm. He helps others. I mean, whatever it is that he does. Have you ever well. read the book uh, Rocket Fuel? Uh. So in Rocket Fuel, they talk about visionaries and integrators and like and how in a company you need an integrator because and like they might like an integrator by themselves might not be able to go start a whole company by themselves. But when you integrate, like when they're in your company as maybe your number two, it's like the most valuable thing you can have. And I'm starting to realize that I have a lot more of a visionary mindset on a lot of things of like, I know we need to be doing this, yeah. but I'm not the guy that's going to write you a manual on how to get it right. done. Like this is just the outcome that I'm wanting. Mm-hmm. Um, and after I read that book, it kind of helped me understand that, like, that also helped me realize that, like, there's just different people out there that have that want different things out of life. Yeah. And it's not necessarily all about the, you know, what do you do with your 24 kind of thing? Yeah. I think I have a little bit of both of those. <laughs> I really do like bringing people together. Mm-hmm. And I think about, like, in my team setting or, you know, different men's clubs on men or the military or, or even law enforcement also. I mean, when we have something in front of us, I love getting that team together and saying, all right, here's our obstacle. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're a part of that. The other day I had a business issue and pulled together some folks that I, you know, for whatever reason, their background was meaningful enough for me to be in that room and say, okay, here's state of, you know, here's the state of affairs. Here's what I'm looking at. How do I get over that? Mm-hmm. Open mic, you know, kind of a thing. I don't feel like that. It takes a lot to do that, but I feel like people that are willing to spend their time to help you, to your point, thanks for coming, and people that are willing to speak up and say, hey, here's what I do, and and you even helped enough to even, like, help us with a plan. Um, That says a lot about just, like, to your point, like, you're not just saying you want to help people. I've seen it firsthand. I appreciate it. But there are a lot of people that, can't really get those people in the room, but they know that's the obstacle we got to get over. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, all right, go get it. And you're right. You need somebody to marshal that group. Yeah. And to probably create that group to go attack that objective. Mm -hmm. That's, I'm going to have to put that on my, uh, to read. Yeah. It's Uh, a really good book. Yeah. I don't know. I forgot who wrote it, but it's just like one of those books that when I read it, like stuff clicked. And I'm like, oh, this makes more sense. So are so. the, so is Elon both? Are there are there these unicorn folks that are both? I think so, but I even think that people like Elon, he, they it talks about in the book that someone is that if they're too much of a visionary, even if they are an integrator, they're going to be so focused on the visionary aspect of it that they won't be able to like integrate it. Right. Like I think that's kind of, I mean, I don't know what his daily life looks like, but I have a feeling that he's more of a, that visionary that can integrate it, but I bet you he has 
one hell of a team around him that like oh, really helps that. him like integrate the sure you know and i'm sure in the early days maybe he was just that yeah. single guy that was able to figure it out but i'm sure now like to have the more success he definitely has to have a lot of integrators around yeah. him so i have a well, feeling he has stuff some, he's tackling i have feelings bigger. he has other ideas that are like yeah <laughs> really out there yeah but no that's a good question i don't know As far as time, it is 4.40. I don't know if you have anywhere to be. Yeah, I know where. Okay, cool. Chop this up a thousand ways. I like it. <laughs> we'll find some gold in there somewhere. Absolutely. Um, so uh, why Porsche? Well, I like to say Porsche. No. Um, First of all, say it right. I'll tell you what. I had a picture of one of those on my wall growing up, which is because a lot of kids did. I had Lamborghinis, Porsches. Uh, but I rode Harleys and, and drove uh, Camaro, so you know, just from where I was from. But we, uh, when I was 13, I think, I wrote a letter from Yates Center, Kansas, out to Davis Moore. And I wanted a pamphlet of the new 911 at the time. And I think it was around 1986. And, uh, the new 930, or not the new 930, is 930, the turbo um, was out there. And, of course, the Carrera and all these other cars. Mm-hmm. Long story short, um, they wrote me back and said, hey, you know, at the time, I, I can't remember how old I would have been, 15. No, I was probably 13, 12, 13. Well, obviously, you can come out here. We can show you around and this and that. And it was just cool if they wrote a little kid back mm-hmm. from Southeast Kansas. They'll never know what it meant to me, but... Um, Oh, two eighty six Porsches, mm-hmm. one to nine thirty. But um, it's just cool cars. You can beat them up. You can. I mean, not every German car is like the best car, but I like German cars. I like mm-hmm. beating, beating the piss out. We we used to race BMWs. Me and a group of guys, which was great. You want to talk about relying on your buddies and having one common mission and is getting a getting an endurance road racing team. I mean, yeah. Travel together, you eat together, you wrench together, you drive together, you fuel together. I mean, it's just awesome. That was probably some of the, some of the most fun I ever had. But um, we could afford Porsches, so we drove BMWs. But nice. Um, as kind of time progressed, I was lucky enough to run a building to a guy that's like the preeminent Porsche uh, repair uh, service technician, mechanic, whatever you want to call him. I mean, this guy's a witch when it comes to Porsches and I was around them a lot then and was able to one have someone that I knew could really support it you know if I did have an issue because you always kind of mm-hmm. want that safety net yeah and uh so I, I and I've always liked air-cooled cars I was like enough to get a couple of those bought before the just the whole world you know thought they were cool and got super like they tripled overnight <laughs> on me um and uh, I was lucky enough to buy a 928. I always, wa- you know, I watched uh, Risky Business and Scarface and, you know, where these cars were. And it was kind of when Porsche thought, well, it's a cylinder car, you know, front engine luxury coupe's going to take the place of the 911, um, which it didn't obviously do. But uh, it's a cool car. I was lucky. That's part of Shift. I traded it to a member and some cash for another car. And um, I've done that a couple of times, both ways now. Uh so uh, down to those two 911s, and then I was lucky enough about two years ago to put in a, a, a 
request for a GT3 that I could actually spec from the uh, factory in Suffenhausen. And I did that hoping to take German delivery. I was wanting to kind of make this whole thing out of it. Mm-hmm. And then COVID happened. Mm-hmm. And then chip shortage happened. And then Ukraine happened. And then actually a boat even sank before my car was delivered. Um, that made, an, I think, another 4,000 Porsches need to be rebuilt. So... 18 wow. months later, I get the car in December of 2022, <laughs> and it's a 2022. And I'm like, I got kind of screwed out of that deal. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, and I wasn't going to take delivery in Germany in the winter mm-hmm. uh, in a car like that. So it didn't happen exactly how I wanted, but the car came specced exactly how I wanted it. Um, so whenever you mean take delivery in Germany, that means like you were going to fly over and take it. Yeah, European delivery. So what's really cool about that, if anybody gets a chance to do this, I think it's kind of a secret almost, is you can take a car. I think Mercedes and BMW also have this service, but I learned a lot about this service going through it was you will take delivery of the car and you can return it. In my mind, you you pick it up and stuff and house and you drive it around at school, whatever. We drop it off, we jump in. Airplane, well, you return it in one of 11 locations in Europe. Mm. So I could have taken this car, driven all around, went to Madrid and dropped the car off, jumped on a plane in Madrid and go, which really? would have been really bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I've even told my girlfriend, like, dude, we're going to buy an SUV. I'm going to do that someday. Like, yeah. that's on the bucket list. I mean, mm-hmm. We got to figure out what we want. But I, I mean, <laughs> at some point, I, I just think that'd be cool to have your own car there. Yeah. Go through that whole delivery experience. And then the car actually gets delivered to Atlanta instead of the port of Houston, which doesn't matter, but it takes a little bit different route when mm-hmm. that happens. But either way, um, I would highly recommend if you, if you can afford it. And it's free. Oh, that really? doesn't cost any extra money or anything like that. So I think that's kind of cool. It's kind of yeah. like you wait for the super cool car to be built or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And then you actually get a free brand new insert Mart car that, it's yours yeah. for free. Yeah. So it's kind of a cool deal. And and you can keep that car, my understanding is, I think as long as you want until you have to return it. Oh, really? So if you want to do a month-long vacation, mm-hmm. I mean, think of a month-long Porsche GT3 rental, if there was even such a beast. Yeah. What that would even cost. So I feel like, man, you could save some money and have a lot of fun, create some cool memories. But... <laughs> It didn't happen, but but the the uh, car is just brilliant in every way, and it's been really cool. But long winded stories. That is a that is a platform that has continued to keep its roots. If you look at the nine eleven silhouette, you know it's a nine eleven. Yeah. But that car could almost not be any more different than that nineteen eighty six car I have set on the same floor mm-hmm. as it is. I mean, it's it's just a completely different animal. Even though I did keep it a manual rear wheel drive, naturally aspirated, you know, I, I, I try to do all the things to make it a true driver's car, uh, in this world of point and click. And, you know, mm-hmm. even though it makes it a little <laughs> slower and a little yeah. this, and a little that I want that. I like the visceral experience of actually rowing through the gears and, and, uh, you know, not having it, not having that cell phone in your hand, you know, you're not yeah. texting when you have a manual mm-hmm. Porsche at your hands, you know, you're throwing that thing in the back seat. It doesn't have, you know, yeah. you're like, <laughs> I'm out, you know, I'm driving this thing. Um, 
And I'm looking for more experiences like that where you are forced uh, to just not be on the phone as much. I mean, yeah. one of my exciting things I see every every week, I don't get to see it every week, but you'll get this thing that says uh, screen time. Mm-hmm. Your screen time's down. And to me, that's a virtual pat on the back. I'm yep. just like, I mean, now a lot of people will be like, <laughs> then it well, goes if you were serious about your business, you'd be on. I mean, I'm like, oh. I don't know if it's good or bad, but I take it positively. Yeah. I love that. Um, you know, this month I'm going, you know, and this is not my average month, but, you know, I'm going to Hawaii. I'm going to Denmark. I'm going to uh, Dana Point, California. Now I'm going to Florida. You know, I'm here wow. just a yeah. handful of days this month. Mm-hmm. And most of those trips are, well, all those trips are for fun. Um, but on all those trips, especially Denmark and Hawaii, that's a lot of time in the plane. And I don't, I try generally not to buy Wi-Fi. Yeah. Like I don't, I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of people are like, yeah, dude, but you're like six, seven hours in air. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. And there's a stack <laughs> of freaking magazines I don't read. And there's three books I've bought, you know, probably at three other airports that I never got finished or never got to. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I feel like life takes us away from those analog you know when i talk about books mm-hmm. and even like this old watch i like i like analog stuff i yeah. like i like old school uh stuff i mean unfortunately as a technologist myself i mean you can't get away from th- stuff that plugs in and it's wi-fi yeah. and wireless and and i embrace uh technology i don't want to be that old guy it's like oh those ev those cars are stupid or whatever you know mm-hmm. uh, but i do really like and it's probably is the old man starting to come out of me, but I do like the analog. I like the feel and sound of old stuff, man. Yeah. You know, I like stuff that have a manual click, not just a like that. simulated <laughs> noise or, yeah. you know. What was that? The Dodge? The Dodge electric vehicle had the speakers, so it sounded like an actual engine? They all do. The BMW does. Oh, does it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah they do. Yeah, <laughs> they so simulate the sound. I'm like. It's yeah, so funny. I know. But I'm the same way, especially being in marketing and social media. I've tried now to schedule posts out, and I try not to consume social media. I try just to put it out there for, like, my brand and help everything I do. But, like, I'm really trying to get my screen time down super low. I bet that's hard. So it is. Well, and the issue I'm having is, like, I tell myself it's work. And then I go on to Facebook to you get on a client's the account. And next thing, yep, next thing I know, I'm on the feed and I'm scrolling. <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, There's a thousand things I could be doing right now, but I'm stuck on this feed of nothingness just to get that dopamine drip of scrolling. And so I, I really tried, especially like pretty much as soon as I'm done with my day, I go hit the gym and I try to put my Good. phone, like do not disturb. I'm at the gym. I'm listening to either music or a podcast. Good. And then when I get home, I'm cooking dinner or whatever. My phone's up. Nice. And so I've tried, especially an hour before bed, is like my thing, is to like make sure I'm 100% not on it. And I feel like I'm even getting better sleep doing that. You will 100% get better sleep, and, and your wife hopefully will really like that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how much she's on it, but it's almost like, at least I've seen this with young couples, it's almost like you, if you try to quit smoking, but she doesn't, you know, so mm-hmm. like if you see the blue glow on her <laughs> face and you're sitting over there trying to be a good boy and you're like, fuck, I mean, guess that's so, Yeah, that's so funny so, you say that. Because we've had that conversation. You got to be honest. Because I'm like, well, it. like, what if we had a, like, we could talk or something. And then so then it goes to like setting the phone down and like, okay, what do you want to talk about? And I'm like, that's not what I mean. But like, if we're both not on it, we might naturally pick up a conversation we wouldn't be having if we were yeah. on our phones. And so that's kind of how I look at it. Or, like, hey, we're in bed. 
Exactly. <laughs> Hear me Let's out. Let's talk about the obvious yeah. here. It's like, uh, Hear me out. You remember when? Yeah. It's like, come on now. Yeah. That's hilarious. Time before cell phones. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that's a. Uh, I don't know how to. I mean, Steve Jobs is awesome for putting one of those in everybody's hands, and he's also the devil, right? Like yeah. It's, it's one of those two-sided swords. You know, the other day, we had this uh, fire in El Dorado, right? There's a plume. Plume smoke going to Georgia City. Mm-hmm. Reverse 911. Hey, there's bad stuff headed your way. That mm-hmm. is a supremely powerful thing. Yeah. Got people out of the way. I mean, who knows what they could have ingested. All that. I mean, I get, I get it. I get it. But there's also, you know, it could just as easily be... Well, you can Google anything in the world now, too. But yeah, but it's created a, an environment, at least for me, I'm pretty classical when it comes to uh, academia and education. So mm-hmm. I, not that you have to memorize everything, but if I want to talk about things, now we're a, a culture of looking stuff up as fast as possible. Yeah. There's nothing committed to memory. There's nothing, uh, which is probably okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm just saying it's different. I took pride in being able to say the Gettysburg Address, right? Like, yeah. No one should have to know how to do that. Or, but well, I that, feel like that's that what you, they say too. Is like if not to interrupt, but like yeah. if you are actually the expert in something, you should be able to explain it at a fifth grade level, and also not have to like look it up or something. <laughs> right. You know, so it's like, are you actually the expert in what you're talking about if you can't explain it to? Well, no, the kids, I think you know? I don't know. <laughs> Mastery is very hard to prove now. Yeah. I mean, you know, there are a lot of people that have created businesses around I mean I don't know around bodies of work that really are still being discovered or not even a thing yet this guy that I went to to lunch with today he's working around in this nutriscience area mm-hmm. which really you know we take supplements or whatever and do what I know it's real but it's also not science it's really not it's not FDA. It's none of this. And, but he's an expert because he's been doing it two months longer than the guy that's been doing it, you know, mm-hmm. four months. He's been doing it for six months or something like that. Yeah. So you're the expert. All right. Let me get this straight. You know, I don't know. It's just, but that's, that's what it's all about now because you looked it up. You did the research. You bought the franchise. Now you're suddenly the expert in whatever it is. And mm-hmm. I mean, maybe that's how it's always been, but it seems like it's easier now because. You can Google it, and you can get resources quickly. And again, it's the beauty and the. And you can get the buzzwords. Yeah, I feel oh, like yeah. now, like if you say buzzwords to people in a meeting and they well, don't know anything about it, about it yeah. and they're like, "Yeah, you know what you're talking Algorithm. about." CEO, yeah. uh, CEO is like, <laughs> "What?" <laughs> yeah, no. Oh. oh man, I feel like a lot of it's going back to basics. You in business relationships and. And just everyday life, I feel like if you stick with the basics, it's like the four food groups or whatever. I mean, you don't have to convolute it. You don't have to, you know, if you, if you say steak and potatoes, I understand you. Mm-hmm. If you have to go Google whatever, you know, steak flambe and and gratin potatoes or whatever, some weird stuff, yeah. it's still steak and potatoes. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, and I feel like <laughs> that's the... The whole world we're in now. I mean, we'd have people coming into uh, Cana ordering drinks. See, these little hipsters, they know <laughs> food and drink. 
Wait, yeah. I mean, their IQ of that stuff is way high. Mm-hmm. And they know exactly the bitters they want. They know yep. exactly the and I'm like, dude, you're 21. <laughs> yeah. You've been drinking for six months. <laughs> you're asking for stuff I've never even heard. I mean, what are you be talking about here? Mm-hmm. And it's this culture of they, you know, they might have spent all night reading that, and they literally do know more about bitters than I probably ever will know. I'm not saying they don't, mm-hmm. but I, but it's like, are you Anthony Bourdain? <laughs> like, how did how did this happen? You're yeah. 21, and you you know you're talking to me like you you know you've been drinking Manhattans in Manhattan for you know yeah. 45 years, dude. It's like, come on. And it's that, it's the, uh, it's like when I played online poker, right? I can multi-table. I can play thousands of hands of poker. Mm. I used to play poker a lot. Yeah. Still play poker for a fair <laughs> And my IQ, poker IQ was through the roof compared to a traditional player back when Doyle Brunson played on the road, right? Mm-hmm. The mechanical ability of people just shuffling and the speed of the game. I, I probably... I've played a hundred years of poker mm-hmm. compared to him at his pace like that. doing yeah. that before. And that's kind of the same thing with this. Like I was very good at poker, very quick. Mm-hmm. Well, I shouldn't say that. I was very experienced at poker, very quick compared to the traditional way of going about it. Yeah. And I think that kids, especially like my son, he's a wizard in a lot of ways, but like he will just read about, astrophysics and know all about stars or all about constellations or all about where someone literally would have to take a college class probably for a couple semesters to know what he knows now. Mm -hmm. He didn't pay any money. He did it immediately. I mean, I guarantee I would put him against anybody that's taken one of those college classes and be like, all right, let's take a test and see what's up. You know, I mean, I feel like that kind of stuff has changed this whole, uh, business IQ. I mean, I think you're probably a pretty decent example. I mean, you've been doing this a terribly long time. You've mm-hmm. obviously gotten real serious about it. You're geared up, you're talking to people, you know, you're still finding your way. How long would it take a traditional ad agency, not that you do ads, but a traditional marketing agency to even get close to where you're at? Dude, think yeah. of, you probably lopped off 10 years mm-hmm. of, of an old school Yep. Mad Men kind of old school way of doing things back yeah, when that's how things were done. And it's just like, you know, you can search what the best marketers are doing today if they're sharing that information. Yeah. Well, I then, mean, that's how I learned is I, yeah. I mean, the first thing I went to, I was in Costa Rica at a seminar with like some of the best marketers in the world. And I think I was like, I really started understanding the value of coaching. And I'm in multiple coaching groups now that I pay for that like, I'm just getting the cheat code to get ahead. And it's like, if you can do that, with the basis and hard work, then you will get ahead pretty quickly. Um, and, and then it just gets into like being able to have the experience and life experience to back it up. And I know I'm only 27 years old, but like getting into TV shows early on, working for a YouTube channel, and then switching everything and going into law enforcement and then back out. Like, I feel like my past like 10 years, actually, literally 10 years since high school, have been like nonstop of me constantly going to get me to the kind of this point of the life experience that I've had in such even a short amount of time within the 10 years catered, take that with the knowledge that I can gain just by being in coaching groups, YouTube, Google, or anything like my highest level of education is high school. Like I graduated in May and in September I was working on bar rescue as a PA getting coffees for people. And that's Mm -hmm. like, that's what my job was. And I worked up in it 
but then being able to take and kind of like get the idea of what's going on as you're going and then talking to people. It's like, that's how you can just get ahead nowadays. Yeah. A thousand percent. Mm-hmm. No. And I've got <laughs> four members here, I think that are all high school grads know for a fact they don't want to go to college, mm-hmm. know exactly what they want to do, which is pretty cool. And I think that that's going to be more and more a path with this, with the internet and the availability of information and hard work and determination, of course. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you're probably, you might be 27 years old, but you're, uh, I call it business IQ age is probably like 50. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Being it's able to get like, all the information or so whatever. Quick, yeah. I mean, pick your number, but it's more than, than what it is. My, like we have a group health insurance at my, my day job and it's like, here's your, uh, what do they call it? Your real age and then your birth age or something. Mm-hmm. And depending on, because they know it's analytics too. Here's the other thing in the whole world. Everybody has analytics on everybody, right? So mm-hmm. they know how active I am. They know base, I mean, probably roughly what I'm eating and, and, and what I'm doing. Well, they, they're like, well, you know, you might be 50, but your real age is 46. Mm-hmm. And they're basing premiums and they're they're making decisions based on that, which I think is great. <laughs> yeah, the people awesome. that are crazy, actually <laughs> trying to pay attention might get a little bit of a reward, and the people that are just letting it go and they're way, mm-hmm. you know, unhealthy or you know might have to pay a little more. I don't think it's quite there yet. I, I hope the world gets that way at some point, honestly, because maybe that will be the impetus to make people just do a little better. Yeah, sometimes it is money. money I was going to say, yeah, absolutely. I feel like everything in this world comes back to. Like money, and if you either get punished by having to pay more money or get rewarded for doing something, then you're gonna just gonna keep be able to grow, and be able to get incentives based on that. Yeah, but I think as you get older, health is the ultimate reward, though. Yeah. Back, I'll always go back to that. I can tell you, whenever you know Charles Koch's on his deathbed, I guarantee he would give his entire fortune for another year, or another day, mm-hmm. or another week. I mean. It's one of those things where it's just uh, people need to do it because they have to realize health isn't a, a precious, finite commodity. Mm-hmm. A lot of the other stuff isn't money. I can go make more money tomorrow. Yeah, I, money's never been a problem for me to figure out. Mm-hmm. I, I can figure it out. <laughs> you know, some people can have have that gift, and but the health thing takes work. Mm-hmm. You know, the the guys at six o'clock or or whenever. If they're in there and they're looking good, they didn't just show up that way. It's just guys that are in shape don't just show up at gyms. Mm-hmm. They spend time <laughs> in gyms. Yeah. They're there all They've the time. They've been in there for like most of their yeah. life. Yeah. You, when you go meet some dude and he shakes your hand, you're like, dude, this guy's got his shit together. Mm-hmm. Like, and I hate to be that superficial, but I, I kind of am when it comes to like, if I meet somebody and there's a dude that's like super sloppy and a dude that's pretty tightened up, I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. That tells me a couple things right off the bat. Yep. I mean, like well, it or not. That's the whole, like, how you do anything is how you do everything type of thing. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, I guess I, that is that. <laughs> yeah. And and I'm not, and I know people are, uh, this is not a like a fat shaming thing or a, you know, I know that obesity is real and it's a disease and all that. But I do know that guys that are working their asses off and deserve it, I, I mean, I've been that, I've been around those guys a lot. Mm-hmm. I know I can pick one out of a crowd. You know what I mean? Yeah. And when I'm shaking one of their hands, I understand who I'm talking to. Mm-hmm. I'm already putting you in. You're already in the, in, in the plus aisle, right? Yeah. And now if you open your mouth and you're a complete jerk, then you go on the dumpster, you know, that kind of a thing, <laughs> but you're yeah. starting out, yeah. you know, 
over here. Mm-hmm. And and the same goes if you if you're looking sloppy, but everything's coming out of your mouth solid gold. You're going over here. I mean, yep. you know what I mean? It's like, well, dude, if you had more discipline, you'd probably be like freaking. Yep. Uh, but he might have this work life balance. So you know, I mean, I don't think that there's a there's not a set. There's no mixture that's perfect, right? Yeah. I mean, and and I'm not trying to say that, but I I just do feel like there is something to be said for discipline and maintenance and just working hard. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, if you do that, people say, "Well, why do you like to go to the gym so much?" And I said, "Well, where else can you be so transparent about your work ethic? I mean, it's not being hidden in a group. This is no group think. This is no project. This is mm-hmm. you're freaking doing it." Mm-hmm. You know, it's transparent. People, you're doing it for yourself. If you're letting up, you feel it. You know, there's no faking it. I mean, I just love the visceral, like, this is what you're getting yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. And you know what? If you, It's not like every single day I go to the gym and I'm, I work my very hardest. I know that. It's true with me at my day job or me at, at rental business or whatever. It's like, you're not, if you, if someone tells you, I give you 100% everything, you know, David Robbins, uh, <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> Or David Goggins, whatever. I'm like, yeah. dude, relax. Like, mm-hmm. you can say that online. He, there's no way anyone's that. I mean, maybe one human. Yeah, I'll give. Maybe it to he him. is. Maybe the one. he is the guy. <laughs> I hope he is. Yeah. But you know, when you do the eighty twenty, there's ten and ten, and then everybody else is in the middle. Well, I mean, I think everybody's kind of in that in between stage. But I still think if you just work hard. And you're in the gym, you're gonna get back exactly what you put in. Yeah. And I I like that aspect of the gym. I think there was a mindset shift for me. Like I'm not anywhere where I wanna be, but in twenty eighteen, when I actually proposed to Alicia, I almost weighed three hundred pounds and could not lift like anything. Like I was not very strong. And something changed in me. I saw my like engagement photos and I'm like, I gotta I gotta do something different. That was your rock bottom. Yeah. And like really, I mean I'm I'm in Iceland or whatever proposing and stuff and it was amazing. But at the same time I'm seeing myself in photos and I'm like, I hate this. And so I made a big change and I stopped thinking of food as like anything other than like energy just to get me to where I wanted to go. And then now, I mean it's been a a thing, but like I lost like sixty pounds coming off of that in like a year and a half just going to the gym and realizing that Are you still are tight? Do what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, luckily we've been together since high school, I'm so she's kidding, seen man. she's seen me through everything. She's seen you yo-yo. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I was one ninety when I graduated wow. high school. Yeah. And so, uh, but yeah, I just like gained a bunch of weight, almost a hundred pounds. I mean, a hundred pounds, and then I lost sixty pounds, and now I'm getting back down to like where I'm the strongest I've ever been, and okay. also the lightest I've ever been. Yeah. Because then it switched because I lost a bunch of weight, and then I was like, I was doing like a lot of cardio in machines, and then I did the whole like ego powerlifting thing like i just want to see what i can lift and so then i was like eating whatever i wanted but i was strong i was getting stronger sure and now i'm kind of going back the other way where i'm like well maybe i don't need to lift a fiat you know (laughs) maybe i don't i just want to look good yeah that's that's what i'm I'm and i think everybody goes through that (laughs) arc that's been around the gym long enough at some point you're like okay it's it's i gotta show these old boys i'm strong right (laughs) and then you know i've had a shoulder replacement i've had i mean that stuff catches up with you too. Yeah. And some people say, see, told you you're over, you're overworking yourself. I'm like, dude, I'd rather take myself up and be healthy than, mm-hmm. you know, be sloppy and, and all together. Yeah. Your joints are going to hurt anyway. Yeah. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yep. I mean, it's going it's it's, to happen. It's pick your pain kind of thing, you know? Yep. So I don't know. That's pretty, that's cool <laughs> though. 
So what is your goal? What is your goal then? Physically. For, I want to get back down to like 220. There you go. Maybe, and but like yeah. be be as strong as I yeah. am. Because I think I would look completely different than. Oh, you would. Even being at 190 where I was at when I graduated high school. Because like, I, was, I was never like in the gym. I was a journalism kind yeah. of guy. So yeah. I wish, really I wish I could go back and be like in the gym when I was 18 and have 10 years of lifting right now. Because I'd look a, right. a, a whole lot different. But yeah. Um, yeah, that's kind of my goal is just to, one, enjoy. Like, I definitely have the workout, like, um, regimen down. Like, I Good. have it ingrained in me now. Good. Like, when I go out of town, I still find a powerlifting gym to go to or something uh-huh. to go to and go lift. Yeah. You know, we were trying to, we found a gym in India to go yeah, lift Yeah, I saw at. that. So, yeah. it's like, it's it's in me now. And I think I've missed, like, maybe one or two days this year so far from oh, hitting wow. the gym. Like, I'm, I stick, I do six days a week, stick with it and stuff, and even coming back from London, um, I'm down like another 15 pounds, but still focusing just on like strength right now. Um, but I got a nutritionist to help me with my actual food yeah. that I'm like, so she's like doing meal plans for me and stuff. Okay. And I think just switching it from like, I don't know. It's just like, I feel like even going into fitness, like I just, when I first started, I had a whole other idea of what it actually meant to be in the gym. And kind of like what you're talking about. It's like, I keep thinking like when I'm 50, I want to be able to be on my bike on trails in Bentonville. Yeah. Or I want to be able to, grab my right. grandkids and walk around. I don't want to be hunched over. Right. You know, and I want to be active and still yeah. going. And that's kind of where I'm at now is like, I need to start this now yep. and I can just stay with it. You do. So, yeah. But, and it's even the thing is like, I even look back on like when it, in like 2018, cause obviously like every day you're like, Oh, I could be doing better here. The year I want to, you know, sure. I want to weigh this much, but I, th- I keep thinking back to like 2018 and I'm like, he's super proud of where you're at right now. So just like live in the moment Enjoy it and keep chipping away, and you'll get yeah, to where you want to go. Thing. You know, micro changes, man. Yep. I mean, like I say, if it's even a, you know, an, an extra plate on the bar is just as mm-hmm. cool as an extra pound off the, or an extra inch off, or yep. where, wherever you, you know, whatever you're calling your, um, because it's an investment. Just all I do is I always tell people it's an investment. You know, everybody wants to talk about money. <laughs> <laughs> or time, but it's also health, man. You got to make that investment, and it's a it's a three legged stool. And if you don't have one of them, the other two, you know, if you don't have that one, the other two doesn't doesn't really matter. Yeah, it just doesn't, and it's that important to me. Um, and that's the other thing when you go back to like if I'm in standard issue and I'm wanting to have a gym line. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, Dave works hard too. Mm-hmm. My partner, he he's in there. You know, he's middle aged guy like me. He he hits it hard. You know, we're at the EFC fights, and I would say between at our table, it, it was the fifty and over table, and these dudes were looking good, man. Yeah, you know, and and I'm looking around. I'm like, we're holding our own. You know, we're mm-hmm. doing all right. And you know, that's a crowd of our demographic. A lot of guys that look like us, you know, in there. Mm-hmm. But I I would say that we're hanging out and we're doing good. So. I mean, hard work. Hard work in the gym is so uh, transparent. Mm-hmm. You just can't fake how you look. I yep. mean, you just you can't. <laughs> I mean, people can. They'll say, "Well, if if you take a, you know, I take a multivitamin, bro." It's like, "What are your supplements?" Like, I I drink some protein and I I eat a multivitamin. I mean, it's it's not that big a deal. It's not like I got I'm running a whole bunch of crazy gear or something. It's like, yeah, <laughs> too old for that. I, I, I'm not trying to make my living, you know. Bodybuilding or something. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But yeah. So, uh, what what would you urge listeners to do with their twenty four? I mean, it sounds stupid. <laughs> I'd say make the most of it. And when I say that, I'd say um, 
without knowing them, I'd say your typical listener, without knowing your demographic at all, I'd just say, um, and I'm not saying get up earlier and stay up all night or anything. I'm just saying whenever you're up and before you go to bed, just make the most of it. Be intentional. Mm-hmm. That's a word I haven't talked about today is intent, but a lot of people aren't intentional. A lot of people, their whole day, it kind of goes back to the calendaring and some of the other things we've talked about today and having systems, but I do all that stuff because I have an intent and I'm acting with intent. And I, a lot of people I'll ask, like even some of my sales guys will go to me and said, okay, where are we going here? What's the goal of this meeting? What do you mean? Well, what's our intent? What is the, why are we, why are we talking to this customer today? What is happening right now? They kind of, you know, sometimes they're just like, well, we're having a meeting because it's a touch <laughs> base. It's a, mm-hmm. I'm like, no, what, what's going on here? Are we in the middle of a project? I mean, what are the, you know, the characteristics of this whole, uh, account plan i mean what what are we doing here you know is there something that's uh, happening in their business you know what's their fiscal calendar you know what are some of the things that i can talk about you know what's important right now Mm -hmm. if we don't have anything you know and uh, i think having an intent even if it's just to have the next meeting or to make sure that we get this you know, push through procurement or whatever the, you know, some of these places have a very long, my particular business, when you're selling a solution, it's a very long sales cycle. A lot of times, mm-hmm. unless it's a, an event that's, that you have to really react quickly on. And those take a lot of meetings. And most of those meetings, you're dealing with several different groups. And not all those groups internally have the same intent mm-hmm. that you do. I mean, I may have, a bunch of people over here that are champions and want this thing. And I may have a whole lot of people over here saying we can't afford it too risky, mm-hmm. scary, uh, whatever, you know, they have other relationships. I mean, I'm fighting the rest of the world over here. So yeah. sometimes we even have to get aligned with our own client team and say, all right, what do we got to do? You know, what's happening? Well, you know, it's whatever season, so this is more important. And that's the other thing a lot of people forget about their clients, depending on how big they are. But they're, they're, there's this world of business, and then there are hot points, depending on seasonality, depending on – I mean, like when I was at Cedric County, I was running that network. Of course, 911 is always important. But then, you know, there will be parts of the year where the tax system is more important because we're putting out tax notices. And then there'll be, you know, if it's an election year, the election mm-hmm. is busy. And, you know, if it's – Sunny day, you know, the zoo network is <laughs> important. I mean, law enforcement's always important. Jail's always important. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had a lot of the business of government even had those cycles. Well, I found that that's true even in, you know, manufacturing for aircraft, let's say. There's, especially with what they're dealing with with supply chain. But, I mean, you can pick any anybody in town. They will say, you know, if it's an HR, well, open enrollment. We can't make any changes here. If it's a tax company, well, we can't make any changes here. We want everything to be static. You know, schools, schools and local governments, big customers of mine. And, you know, they want to do all their projects during the, the summer. And I, I feel like a lot of people, when they're dealing with business, they're not understanding who they're dealing with. And maybe mm-hmm. when you're dealing with these guys, I guess my challenge to you, if you're not doing this, is, understand that vertical and understand why the roofer, what his business cycle is like. Cause a lot of people are like, well, he gets a call, he jumps on a roof, he makes a roof. Well, 
he might not do a whole lot of that in December and January. Mm-hmm. So maybe, you know, we obviously know that at least in Kansas, we're using asphalt shingles. Tamco's a customer now. <laughs> but um, they make shingles, right? These things, there's a certain operating temperature for shingles to lay down correctly and all that. Well, mm-hmm. you can guess in Kansas, that's mostly through the summertime, right? That's going to be their that's going to be their peak. Mm-hmm. So if I'm the marketeer or whatever, if I'm going to do more of the back office system stuff, maybe the time to really get good, solid strategy meetings out of those folks. It ain't going to be over here when they're selling deals and answering RFPs and doing all that. It's going to be over here in January and February when it's too cold to physically lay the shingle. Like they mm-hmm. literally can't do their business because of their product. That's yeah. just to use one of your examples. But there's a thousand of those examples in different verticals where this rhythm of business and the cycle of business is so important. But what separates, what I think has separated me in my career is I became a, a student of the industry. Like if I go in there, like when I looked at your execution thing, like I know who I'm talking to and I know what we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you show up and they know even a little bit that you've done your homework to me, that's very respectful thing to do. And, and two, you have something to talk about to them. Yeah. Even if it's your own experience with a roofer or something, just anything. And, you know, you can say, well, you know, are there collateral benefit? You know, do you do gutters also? Do you, mm-hmm. you know, Blah, blah, blah. I mean, on down the road. And I'm, I'm kind of a winded up sales guy. Like, I could sell anything to anybody. I, I just love it. I <laughs> yeah. like that whole, if I believe in my product and I believe in the process, I can sell anything. Yeah. But like, that's true. And the people. So if we have, you know, great product, and, and that's a three-legged stool, too. You could mm-hmm. have two are great, but if you don't have the other one, it's probably not going to be that good. And people's always the key, because that's always going to be your differentiator. Yeah. You can sell you the same guttering. They can do the same process, but if you don't have the same people screwing it in, it could be a problem, mm-hmm. right? It could leak. It could be crooked. It could be, you know, off balance. Well, if you, if you go into those things with the mindset that you understand what they're doing and, and why this is important to their business, I think to me, I would tell all the listeners just do that extra, you know, we went, talked about Google and stuff mm-hmm. Do five minutes on your customer. Yeah. You know, give give freaking TikTok a rest, <laughs> bro. And just, you know, put two minutes into what's what's important to a roofer in the roofing industry or what's the most recent change. Mm-hmm. I love bring I love bringing value to customers. So I'll say like, hey man, I was just under understanding renewable energy that you can, you know, and they're like, Well, yeah, you know, that just came out. And mm-hmm. they, they just know you're attuned to something. And and you don't have to be, you know, you'll get lost acting like an extra. I'm not saying roll in there and say, hey, are you taking advantage of those tax credits? And, you know, mm-hmm. and they just bury you because you don't know what you're talking about. But I'm yeah. saying if you just say, hey, I just noticed that, you know, on Forbes the other day, I read an article, you know, a quick article about renewable energy or whatever it is that you're talking about. If you're talking to a rougher, hey, how do the solar panels, how does that work? Mm-hmm. You know, if I have a, you know, a tile roof, can I do solar panels? How do you fix up a tile roof? That's weird, you know, or just whatever. Yeah. Um, it just sparks that conversation. They're like, oh, this kid's listening. Yeah. You know? Or maybe that is a business we should start thinking about. Mm-hmm. He just brought up something. If he's reading about it, maybe it's important to his generation. I mean, who knows? I've Some of the best conversations I've had in this building are from young guys asking me what if questions. And I'm mm-hmm. sitting there thinking, it's a pretty damn good question, son. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> did think of that. Let's think about this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it's been good, and and then some of the other ones have been 
from old guys saying, you know, back when we used to do it and that's gone passe or, or, or no longer the way and it's like, we'll probably be better if we did it that way again. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, I feel like everything <laughs> has its season, Yeah, but, um, again, that's why I like the complexity of this particular place is you kind of can, can get both and, um, and everybody is so sharing of information is, I, I think people just don't, if they're willing to ask the internet the question, they won't ask the person sitting right next to them because of fear that they're going to look stupid or they're bothering you mm-hmm. or insert excuse. But I'm like, dude, you're in this building, you're paying for access, go use your resources. Mm-hmm. Go introduce yourself and ask this guy upstairs, you know, how he bought his McLaren. What the hell did he do? Yep. He's going to tell you. And he's probably going to, you know, be happy. About Enjoy it. Yeah. He's gonna Enjoy he's gonna be happy it. that you're showing interest. He might puff his chest out a little bit. You might <laughs> you might be that smile today. That guy might want to go running off the bridge after he leaves here. Who mm-hmm. knows? Yeah. I mean, you just it's back to you never really know. And I feel like some some people they just need to open that door to the conversation. You'll learn a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess that's that's why I tell the person. That's a long ass. Uh, <laughs> I got a little wordy. Yeah, I like that a lot. Make though. the most of it. Make <laughs> yeah. the most of it. Talk to people. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's awesome. What can we expect from Rodney in the future? Uh, man, I've got some uh, real estate projects I'm working on. Um, I want to complete in the near future um, over on in Delano, um, and I've got a really cool. Um, deal I'm trying to get finished in uh, Florida. Not the house. I bought a, I'm going to do a spec build there. I've never done one of those. I'm still doing things that I've never done. Yeah. So uh, to answer your question, <laughs> I would say you're going to see me continue to challenge myself. Um, hopefully not fail a ton, but I'll fail some because I'm not trying if I'm not hurting a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you'll see standard issue come out with a, with a gym line you'll see that business change a little bit but um all for the good of wichita i don't know exactly how how that'll all shake out but it, it'll 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 be around it'll be great um it's just a tough business and you know we signed up for a tough business so that's what we're gonna do um i don't have anything i mean it's funny i get pitched a lot of business concepts, I guess you'd call it, or, hey, could you help me here kind of things. Some with ownership, some as a loan, some as just advice. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's my age or doing things like this or what, but it seems like those are coming more and more and more and more and more. Mm -hmm. I find myself at least probably getting pitched two or three times a week just because I think I'm willing to take a risk and people know I'm a risky Mm -hmm. guy. Um. (laughs) And some of those I've set, like even today, this Nutra science thing, I mean, just kind of like, that's going to be what I Google tonight. It's like, what was this guy really nutraceutical? That was a newer word for me. I'm like, well, I need to, I need to research this a little more and understand it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, because like at my age, you know, there's different things that are important to me now along that, like that health track that, you know, like the person that's going to live 120 years old is, has already been born. Like I mm-hmm. read that quote the other day and I believe that's true. Yeah. You know, and what are we doing to 
extend our own lives. Like I've talked a lot about times finite, like obviously it's a part in my head. Mm -hmm. Um, and what can I do to safely extend my time on this earth with my grandkids or, or kids or family members and friends? And, and I feel like when I look at all the stuff I like, you know, that's one area that I really haven't leaned into as much as uh, the others. You know, mm-hmm. I like clothing, I like cars. I mean, I've done yeah. all the kind of fun <laughs> stuff I like. I like cocktails. But I haven't really gotten into the the athletic sports side of of my psyche, I guess. And the gym line hopefully will cure some of that. But mm-hmm. there's probably something in that realm, whatever that is, maybe. Yeah. Um, but I still think there's a lot of different types of things in real estate I haven't done. There's a lot of different types in merchandising and clothing and things like that I haven't done. There's a lot of things in my day job I haven't accomplished yet. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of things interpersonally I haven't experienced. There's a lot of places I haven't traveled. I mean, I think I just want to, I don't have a list really that I'm checking off, but you know, like this Copenhagen thing, it, I didn't know about it two weeks ago and I signed up. I'm like, Oh yeah, I'll go with you, brother. You know, <laughs> this nice. guy's like, Hey man, I won this thing. You want to go? You want to check this out? You know, we have to buy some tickets. I'm like, I'll buy the tickets tonight. Let's go. I've never been in Denmark. Yeah. Sounds cool. <laughs> Let's do it. You know? And That's I'm awesome. that guy. I hope I'm always that guy for my buddies mm-hmm. because I'll just like, oh, fuck it. Morton yeah. will go, you know, Lucas yeah. Colorado. <laughs> he's down for whatever. And if I have the time and money, energy, I'll go. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I really love traveling. I love RVing. I love camping. I love seeing, uh, you know, the United States. I mean, there's so much of even here we haven't seen. Yeah. That's why I'm always joking with people about the well you're talking about well we found this out in the galaxy i'm like you know how much of the the ocean we haven't even discovered mm-hmm. i mean it's unbelievable <laughs> that's like you whenever know? i was in india and i was talking to people that have been like my buddies like family and stuff that have been over here and like i've been to almost all 50 states just luckily just for like traveling on tv shows and stuff but they're like talking about going to yellowstone and uh was it sequoia national park and mm-hmm all these places. And I'm like, I haven't even been there. I'm talking to you in India right now and yeah. you've been there and stuff. And I just started realizing like, there's a lot that I think we take for granted even oh, in the U S. Yeah. Yeah. I tell you some of these, Nat, what really fills my heart is when I meet first generation folks that are naturalized, where they know more about our government and our, you know, <laughs> system and how great it is than we do. Mm-hmm. I mean, they can tell you all the presidents in order. I mean, just, yep. Stuff like that, and you're just like, damn, I'm a bad American. You know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely. I mean, seriously. Yeah, no, it's I like, agree. I've had that same this thing This guy happen. wants to go, you know, <laughs> check out Yellowstone Park, and here I'm, you know, a couple states away, and you know, whatever. But, mm-hmm. yeah, you're exactly right. I think we're setting on such a, a – well, I'm just a big pro-American thing anyway, but this – this is such a gold mine of opportunity. And then you hyper focus it on Wichita, which I really think is still, I mean, I work in a commercial real estate firm. It was one of my several jobs and the amount of outside money outside the state money, sometimes outside the U S money is dumping into our community. I almost wish we could write an article about it because it would probably scared shake up a lot of local people into action because it's slowly just getting bought up. Yeah. I should say slowly. It's quickly getting bought up for big amounts in the, I mean, I've literally seen people say, Hey, I have three million bucks. Go buy me something. Well, what do you want? Uh, just 
anything. East side, west side, doesn't matter. You know, you want <laughs> industrial, you want, mm-hmm. you know, hospitality, get it done. I mean, yeah. they're just buying us up in chunks. It's just like, damn, you know, mm-hmm. Wichita's on sale yeah. and we're a hot stock. Mm-hmm. And I don't think people are, we're still so cocooned that, at some point, someone's going to shake it off and be like, holy mackerel, I didn't realize, you know, what this place is really worth, you know, because mm-hmm. of the, you know, lack of pollution and crime and, you know, hell, air quality, anything, you know. I mean, sure, we don't have mountain ranges and oceans and, you know, a lot of the stuff we don't have, but we make up for it in other ways. Yeah. But I still go back to that's why we need the Tylers and Rodneys and, all these other folks that keep innovating because if we don't have cool places in Wichita, it's not going to be a cool place. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, yeah, it's as simple <laughs> as that. I mean, when I closed Cana, I, you know, I sold stuff to the cantina. I, I sold stuff to grow. Like I helped like four other places. I'm like, Hey, cut up the corpse. I'll sell it all cheap. Mm-hmm. I want everybody to, you know, I want to pollinate this place and just make it be, be better. You're all taking a risk just like I did, you know, mm-hmm. hopefully, you know, it'll work out great for you. And I feel like there's more, there's more of that given back that needs to happen in our community and more just generally acceptance of how good we really have it here Mm -hmm. and not in a, we got to protect it way, but in a, we need to, if you want to be a Wichita guy and make a Wichita commitment or Wichita statement, then do it. Yeah. Open up your freaking wallet and you know, take a risk and, and, or get a group of people together and mm-hmm. do it. Because if you don't, it's either a, not going to happen or someone from Denver is going to move here and do it. Yeah. And, and you can't throw rocks if that happens. Yeah. That's actually kind of brings me into the, another question I was going to have for you is what is your thoughts on when you start a business? Should you, do you think it's better, more beneficial to kind of like bootstrap it or to try to get funding of some sort, whether it be SBA or private or, and if you do, like, kind of what's your best advice to go after that kind of stuff? Because, And, like, to say, like, whenever I restarted Wild Wolf, like, I was wanting to go try to find an investor that wanted a percentage of the company or whatever it was. And then I just kind of was like, I'm just going to bootstrap it. Like, I'm going to figure it out. So I have no funding or anything. I'm just like, I'm going for it with whatever cash that I have. And so that's just basically what I did. And now I'm at a point where it's like, I'm glad I did that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was willing to give away a lot of, a lot of what I had. Sure. I mean, I'm only, like, eight months in now, but, um, with how quickly I grew, like what's kind of your best advice when it comes to going that, going one of those routes? It's not a one size fits all. I mean, I can tell you, I'll tell you what you did was the right thing to do. Um, without knowing, you know, everything takes a different amount of capital to get off the ground. What Mm -hmm. you're doing was you're the main talent to begin with. You had a background in it. You can, anyone, you know, you can get a credit card and buy a whole bunch of technology and, and get started. Mm-hmm. But if you're in a situation where you need to, you know, buy a property or buy a lot of equipment and high and, you know, have a big payroll off the bat, you know, if you're starting a construction company or something, you know, I see. Yeah. That's a whole different kind of a situation. And then, then there you need to say, okay, how are we going to do this? Are we going to, you know, give out part of the, you know, ownership? Or are we going to, what are we going to do? And I'll tell you when I moved here, I, I worked at Dairy Queen. I didn't know one person in Wichita and I had no money. So I literally just saved up until I could buy that very first rental house. And it took me like 12 years, like literally just to get the down payment. 
But once I got that, and then I improved the rent, and I improved the property, and I got reappraised, and I pulled the money out, and then I bought a second one, and then I just started. I figured out that, oh, okay, cool. I keep using the same money. Start leveraging it. I mean, I've made a hell of a, a world out of 30 grand. <laughs> yeah. Like, seriously, just over and over and over. But um, when I started, like some of these other places, like SBA is, is a good route if you don't have much money to put down, but you have a good plan and and a good kind of a strategy, but it's working with the government, right? So that takes longer. And, you know, there, there's pros and cons to all this. I always tell people bankers were probably one of my most, I wouldn't say, they were partners. They were straight up partners. Mm -hmm. Like I couldn't have done anything without debt, right? Like you have to, or I had to get a loan, you know, to to get started. I Mm -hmm. had to. And it takes a banker to be convinced that you know what the hell you're doing. To, to get that done. And then over time, as you prove that you know what's going on, then you get a little better terms and your credit gets a little better and they get a little more comfortable. The next thing you know, you know, you go from buying one rental house to buying a building or mm-hmm. buying multiple buildings or whatever it is. And it's, I, I tell my son, it's kind of like playing a game. I don't want to say Grand Theft Auto, this first thing popped in my head, but <laughs> like where you're leveling up, right? Yeah. Like you're getting a cooler you get a cooler banker with a better rate and then you can, you can buy this level of stuff and then you get that done and then you can buy this level of stuff. And, and it's just how long do you want to play the game? You mm-hmm. know? Do you get tired of the games, get boring, do you, you know, but I would say if you could, as much as you can do, if you really believe in yourself and you think you have something that's really good going on and you can bootstrap it, of course do that. I mean, there's no, how did they put, it? I, I heard this. It's like a, uh, a good deal doesn't need a partner yeah, or something like that. You know, it's like if you really believe that that can happen, I see a lot of people take on partnerships when there's a lot of risk involved, which mm-hmm. is a smart thing to do because then you're spreading risk. You know, if I haven't done something, you haven't done something, he hadn't done something, but we all think it's a good idea. That makes great sense to have mm-hmm. 33% partnership or whatever. Yeah. But if you have a background in it and it only costs really some assets to purchase and you can find a way to do that through credit cards or whatever. I mean, and you really believe it's going to happen then I would do it that way. Yeah. It's just, there's no, I, I wouldn't say that there's a best way without giving you the one cop out answer today. Mm-hmm. Cause I've been pretty, I think straight with you on everything else. It really is how capital intensive is it? What's your expertise level in it? Do people bring things to the table? Because all partnerships aren't aren't the same. Some people won't bring any money. They'll bring sweat equity or they'll bring expertise or they'll bring, you know, I say time, talent, or treasure. You know, they'll, mm-hmm. they'll bring one of those three things or they probably shouldn't be at the table. Yeah. Um, it just doesn't make sense otherwise why they're there. And I don't know. I, I mean, I would just say, like my deal, I, I mean, I basically told you how I just started. It, it's... No one's going to start up here. I, I mean, I don't think that you're going to start off by buying, uh, I don't know, who's one of the bigger marketing firms about Gretemann Group or whatever. You're not just going to go buy Sonia Gretemann out and say, okay, we're wild wolf digital. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got all this staff and all this mm-hmm. equipment and you don't have a clue about what's going on in that particular world and you're just going to take off owning it. Now, could you grow Wild Wolf up to being close to her? And, and then does it make sense to take her over to buy market share and a lot of others? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. 
But I think that starting small, getting your legs under you, and then it's just like the weight room, and then just slowly getting better at that exercise and sticking with consistency and, and just keep pushing, the next thing you know, you're, you'll be as big as you want to be. But yeah. there, I think that's a more interesting decision is when do you say enough's enough? Because I've been having that internal dialogue of hmm. I don't want I don't need jumbo jet. I don't, you know, I'm not trying to buy an airplane. I don't need mm-hmm. like, what's the next thing? Like, I don't really care about that as much as I'd rather have a little time back. Mm-hmm. That's super precious to me. I don't, or not even the, the time as much as the, the worry. Yeah. You know, when, when you create a bigger business, you create a bigger uh, threat vector, right? A bigger, mm-hmm. there's more things that can hit you. There's yeah. more things that can come at you. And every once in a while, I don't really think that way, but every once in a while I do, and I'm like, God, man, about anything could go wrong right now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know? That's funny you say that, because I had a company before this that was just like a social media management company, but I did content, but it was like just me. It really was just me. I was doing everything. Um, and, you know, I was making six figures a year, young, and because I was working on TV shows, getting paid decent, and then whenever I'd come back home, I would shoot videos for people. And then I started realizing they didn't want to like pay me per video. I wanted to switch to monthly retainers. So I, if I could get X amount of clients, I'm going to make this much money that month. So that's when I really started switching to monthly retainers with clients. But I started to realize that um, like even in this company, I'm like, well, maybe I don't want to have employees. Maybe I don't want to have media buyers and editors and content creators and all these people that are doing all these things so that you know the headache is a lot more yeah making a lot more money than there's diminishing (laughs) returns for sure and i mean you're young enough and you're i i mean from what i i know about you i think that you've you've got a, a fair amount of growth in you before you really hit that wall of what's it all about without an environmental coming in yeah. You know, if, if, if you have a kid tomorrow, things change. If you have, <laughs> you know, a catastrophic event in your, in your life, things change. Mm-hmm. But if it's just a linear vector that you're on, you got a lot of, I think you got a lot of time and growth in front of you Yeah, that you could absorb, um, you know. And that's how I always see stuff. And like the reason I ask is because I think there's a lot of people and a lot of my friends that work nine to fives. And like, that's what I did is I leveraged my time at Urban Cool to be able to build the foundation for this before I exited. I'm the poster child. You know? I still have a nine to five. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I think, I think a lot of people don't realize that like you can bootstrap something, start it slow. You know, I think I forgot who said it, but it's like the five to nine will make you more money than the nine to five or whatever. However it said, Oh yeah. you know, and I think that's where that's kind of what I like to tell people about is like, you don't have to go get all these fundings and all these partnerships and all these loans to be able to make something happen. You know, I think, I was kind of curious on your thoughts on this is like, do you think it'll help accelerate your growth? Cause that's one of my thoughts is like, if I went and got a loan or if I went and got an, a partner or something, and I had more capital, then maybe I could hire a couple more people quicker, you know, oh, get I more see. ads out sure. there, get more marketing rolling, you know, and be able to build my, my company faster. And that's kind of where I was kind of curious on your thoughts with that. I think only you would know that. I mean, if yeah. you see a, a, a big and growing funnel pipeline mm-hmm. and an addressable market that could absorb your services more rapidly with, you know, a standing army, then absolutely. Yeah. I would look into, into more funding. Uh, Cause what you, 
what you don't want to, you want to grow fast enough to address the market, but not so fast that you catch yourself in a, like a risk situation. You're, yeah. You're playing HR guy, which mm-hmm. sucks for anybody. I know you've had enough employees now to know that's not a fun, you know, <laughs> talk to have if you have to have it. But, mm-hmm. um, I, the business will dictate, I mean, I'm a big free market guy. I mean, if you look out there and say, man, we're, you know, we're growing 30%, you know, by, you know, in six months from now, I'm going to need two more of you. Um, you should have sorry started looking for that person, right? Yeah. Even if you feel like you can afford it or not, because if you really believe the business is there, that's where you kind of pull your nuts out and say, <laughs> I'm betting on it. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's what business owners do. Say, I'm, if, I, if I hire this person, that's got to be here, or I'm going to take a little bit of a hit on my take home, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever, however you do the, the profit share. And, you know, what I've always seen, though, is, if the business is really there and everybody's working hard and you pick the right person, that person's going to obviously out, you know, they're going to be an asset and they're going to be an investment that's going to pay for more than themselves. Mm-hmm. If those three things work out correctly. So I would say, um, that's, I hate to put it back on you as a business <laughs> owner, but, but you're going to know, you're mm-hmm. going to know. And, and then, yeah, absolutely. If you're like, well, I need three year or three, you know, months of spin up, you know, of, of their salary and stuff until, you know, that sell cycle hits and all that. That's an easy, easy conversation for a bank. Mm-hmm. And I'd be, you know, I'd be happy to introduce you to those guys. I would listen to you. Yeah. Because I think that that is a picture you can paint with demonstrated, you know, with your past and you can say, Hey, here's the deal. It's 90 days from, you know, the time that we talked to him to the time that we, an executed contract and it's another 90 days you know for this this or whatever for this flow to get back and and you know bankers to me can be led a distance right mm-hmm. they've got underwriters they've got people that are going to inspect them they've got committees they've got a, and if you're a new quantity that's you know that's something different too but they're also sales guys right these guys want to close loans they're mm-hmm. making money because you're paying it yeah. And it is what it is. Mm-hmm. So at one level, they're on your side. And I think at another level, I always like to push because it's my true passion. And I know they know that is I really want to say the cherry on top of this deal is it's good for us. And usually my thing is more of a, of a property <laughs> cleanup kind yeah. of a, it's like a legit, this building has graffiti all over it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I want to invest money in it, make it look nice, get some good tenants in it that are going to do some cool stuff and move on down the road to the next building to find mm-hmm. out it's like crap and they're going to fix it up. And I think every, that has kind of a feel-good message around it anyway because that, that's really what I'm doing. But if you're creating value for a whole bunch of Wichita uh, businesses, I think that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. And, and you can say, hey, we're part of the digital, you know, we're part of the Silicon Prairie. We're, we're, we're you know, we're value creation engine in Wichita. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm hiring people that are, you know, 50 to 20 years old or whatever. And, and you can say two or three things. I know that's very important for the SBA to say, hey, I'm going to create three jobs. This is basically their ROI. You know, um, I really kind of like that process, um, honestly, because it made you create a business plan. It made you really think about what you're doing. And I know a lot of people throw rocks at, at the SBA, but you know, it's 10% and, uh, 
during COVID, it sure was nice to be an SBA loan because they just took it over. Mm-hmm. And I didn't expect that at all. You know, I didn't get any PPP or anything like that because I didn't have quote unquote employees. But they're like, oh, no, you you know, you entrusted us with this deal. And, you know, we're going to weather the storm with you because they closed your your stuff down, basically, yeah. which I thought was kind of cool. But yeah, That's awesome. Um, so I guess fighting through some of that paperwork, sometimes it's worth it. But also just getting a line of credit, you know, on... You know, I, I buy when I first finally got my own house bought that I was living in. I got a line of credit on that, my HELOC. I was dipping in and out of that buying rental houses. You know, mm-hmm. I, I was just trying to find things that I could buy, repay, buy, repay. And then next thing I know, you know, your credit's eight hundred and twenty or A plus credit <laughs> or whatever. And there's yeah. like, I mean, there's nowhere you can I can go without them saying, "Hey, man, can I get you? Can I get you loan? Can I get you loan?" Yeah, I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> All that stuff kind of comes over time. You're not going to get that right at 27. It, yeah. it takes a little bit to step into, but I guess it just depends on the pace you want to grow, what you're comfortable with. Because mm-hmm. it, it, it is work for you. Yeah. You know, growth sounds good until you do it. And then you're like, oh, damn. You know, <laughs> it's just just like to do. You know, you're weighing 240 pounds, but you're eating, you know, 6,000 calories a day. I mean, I used to I used to be pretty big and want to work out and, and do all this stuff. And it's like, man, this is work for what? Yeah. What am I doing? I don't need to be, you know, cracking the concrete when I'm walking around. I mean, I'm not, <laughs> you know, I'm not a bodybuilder. What am yeah. I doing? I like the way it looks. Cool. We'll just tone it down a little bit. Well, same with business. If you want to be this great big giant marketing firm, it's, you're going to be running around, taking care of a bunch of employees and, you know, making sure mm-hmm. all these sales happen and all that. I mean, yep. so I don't know. It's just kind of how much you want to buy it off. Yeah. It's, it's a, uh, Balancing all of all businesses balance though. Yeah. What's next for you? Give me the next uh, two years of Wild Bull. Uh, man, it's it's kind of hard to say. I I feel like I had a lot of growth really fast that yeah. I wasn't really necessarily, and not not ready for, but you know, kind of took off. It. Yeah, yeah. Um, I kind of crushed myself is what I like to say. Um, to where I, I like have this I this idea that I talk to people about where like you have a vision, you have a plan that you're going to go for. And then like this thing pops up that was unexpected, but it's like, it's good. But you know, if you do, if you stick to your plan, you're going to make a lot more money or you're going to be a lot more happy going this way. And so I crushed myself into a fractional CMO position at five different places. So it's like, basically I have this like fractional thing. You pay me. It's not my high, it's my highest package. So it's, it's amazing. My day job has something like that, but it takes so much of my time to really get invested. But that's also where like, I've started to realize, well, maybe this is like really what I want to do is like just be a fractional CMO because you get so invested in the clients. Yes. Because everything else, I'm just a service provider. Right. You know, you come to me, I do your Facebook mm-hmm. ads, I give you leads, I go, I go home. Um, and so I've I've started to kind of go this way quickly. Um, and so now I'm trying to get back on track to what I want Wild Wolf to actually be and what I set it out to be because I know it'll take a lot less time to provide that service but it'll also help clients a lot more for a lot lower cost on their part. So they'll be able to ROI a lot faster based off what they pay me. Um, and so I would say in the next two years, like I want to see, you know, us grow, have solid lead foundation. I want to be able to, um, when I first started, I did make the mistake of stepping back a little too far and not, I was trying to work on my business and not in my business. And so now I've switched again to be in it. So I'm like the primary sales guy, that stuff. Um, But I'm really trying to make sure that like, I'm not the one building ad campaigns. I'm not the one 
I'm still doing the video content. So if it's local to Wichita, I still go out and do it, but I have editors. And so I'm really trying to probably in the next two years figure out what it looks like for me not to be in it as much and just working on it and working on the processes and making sure that we're actually delivering what we say we're going to deliver and that type of stuff. Um, and then also, I mean, obviously I, once I figure something out, I get bored. So if I figure it out too fast, then I'll want to do something else or mix it up or something like that. I think my eventual goal is to sell it. If I can get to a point where my processes are built enough, we have a steady flow. We have contracts in place that it's something that someone tangible that someone would want to purchase. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I mean, I always make the joke, I want to be a millionaire by the time I'm 30. So I got a What's, couple why years. Why is that a joke? So, I mean, not necessarily a joke, but like, I just, I kind of say it like that. Just like, very you know, doable. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, and then 24 tire launching that. Yeah. Tell me more about that. that. So the actual clothing line, obviously I've got a little passion around that. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be, uh, I actually started it in 2016 is when I originally launched 24 tire ran it, um, had decent growth. I had no capital at sure to be able to sustain yeah, anything. And I was, I was making the graphics myself. I didn't know a graphic design artist. And so they were just hilariously bad. Um, and then it died off and then now it's kind of the rebirth of it. Um, but the whole idea behind the line is just, you know, what do you do with your 24? Yeah. Obviously is the tagline, but my whole goal with it is just to grow something that's more of a community and less of like a, uh, a t- just a t-shirt kind of thing, you know, just build yeah, that community yeah, yeah, yeah. around uh, yeah, people that want to do anything. And it, and not necessarily the hustle. And, and when I first started it, it was hustle culture. The whole idea behind it was 24 tire. What do you do with your 24? Get out there, get after it. And it was almost uh, a shame of what do you do with your 24? You know what I mean? Like that's kind of how I first launched it was you better be doing something with your 24, you know, cool that's kind of, you know, I like, <laughs> I know, yeah, but that's kind of, that's, kinda, but that's, that's what that's I pull out of it, it, which is yeah. cool. But someone else could be like, Hey, well, yeah. you know, and it's still the basic, you know, yeah. I would say it's still the foundation is still that, but, um, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm slowly turning more into, uh, you know, I want to see a gamer in my 24 tire right. shirt and everyone in it, but the whole blood sweat time is what, what my tagline is yeah. for this new line. So for the first, you know, long, yeah, it's but, definitely has that hustle feel too. when you have that mm-hmm. tagline. Sure. <laughs> so. that's cool oh that's a cool ethos it's a yep. cool just a philosophical question yeah because i feel like a lot of people are so caught up in their like back to your business as it, they're so caught up in it that they're not or you know they're not really inspecting mm-hmm. they're getting through it yeah they're not you know i i told someone one time or no i heard this the other day, this guy was like, uh, he had this big project, and he was telling me, he goes, yeah, man, he goes, I, uh, they're launching like a like an ethanol plant. Like, this is a serious endeavor, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, several million dollar plant. This guy's the project manager. But he set the go live around his family vacation. Remember, oh, no. this isn't the owner of the plant. Mm-hmm. The owner of the plant's the customer. This dude is the pro- project manager. Mm-hmm. So the owner of the company of the project company goes, hey, dude, why aren't we going live? He goes, hey, I'm going to the lake. I got boat loaded up, you know, beer mm-hmm. size down, bringing the family. This guy goes, are you serious? You know, we got this $800 million ethanol plant, blah, blah, blah. He goes, yeah. He goes, I'm a project manager, not a project follower. 
I'll be back on Monday or something like that. I was like, boy, <laughs> like he's got his shit together, right? Yeah. Like he's like, you know what? That can wait. I'm yeah. going to go do this thing with my family. It's been planned. I'm going to do it. And to your point though, I think that's pretty cool to, to be more prescriptive about your time mm-hmm. because I feel like a lot of people, they don't wake. I mean, the first time I do when I wake up, I look down at my phone. I see if I have any, cause I have enough buildings and houses and shit that something usually breaks. So I mm-hmm. always look at who texted me overnight. Cause yeah. I, my stuff goes off too. I, yeah. I don't have it. I don't look at that thing. I try not to look at it. I never look at it over. Like I don't wake up and look at it or anything, but mm-hmm. And if I see a big number, then I'm already starting, you know, I have an mm-hmm. Airbnb. I got like all these little things I can go around. I'm like, oh, yeah. shit, what's going on? I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay. You know, it's first of the month. I have people do Venmo, Cash App, blah, blah, blah. That's a good mm-hmm. thing. Ah, that feels good. I'm getting yeah. some money in. Good, good. <laughs> but, you know, I had a hot water. Hey, hot water heater broke. We don't know how to turn off the water. Oh, shit. What time was that? You know? Yeah. Do I have a house somewhere that? full of water? You know, <laughs> yeah. does I have a basement? Like, I'm like three levels down looking at this going, holy shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but the second thing I look at is my calendar. And it's like, okay. Basically, it's where do I have to be? What do I have to look like? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, am I <laughs> am I going to lunch with somebody? I don't know. I mean, am I, do I have to get dressed up? Am I going to meet a customer? Um, and then how much time do I have? Mm-hmm. I mean, every day. Like, that's just as simple as that. And then I go to the gym, hopefully. Mm-hmm. More times than not, I go to the gym. But those, those are like the three things. And then... But those set the entire day up. Yeah. Now, do I pop over here and pop over there? Absolutely. I mean, I grab the mail. I go, you know, there are a lot of things that aren't like cast in stone, but those are only done in those little brief slices of time that literally don't have anything written in them. Mm -hmm. And then I stop. That's the only time I get to the discretion in the day. Or like if a meeting cuts close, like I have an hour blocked out, I'm done with, and 30, I still have that little orange sitting in there, like yeah. little place. I'm like, okay, cool. I actually can go mm-hmm. take care of all the other stuff I have to take care of. I mean, I've been real bad about coming home at night because my, my meeting schedule has been so terrible that all, cause I don't have, I don't have office staff. So I, when mm-hmm. I get home, I'm doing QuickBooks. I'm receiving payments. Mm-hmm. I'm doing, I'm, yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> all night long, you know? Yeah. But I actually have fun doing that. And I like to look at the invoice and say, oh, man, I didn't realize, you know, we put a new HVAC in this year. We, mm-hmm. Well, you know, I have to remember this or that. And then I, and then I start grinding through email. But my day job and my, and my meeting schedule is just so hectic during the day. It's just pretty hard to. I don't know if I know anyone that has as many properties as you do and doesn't have office staff. I know. <laughs> well, I do, the, I do the QuickBooks for obviously here and then our tanning salon. And I like hate it. <laughs> yeah, it can be a bit much, but um, it keeps you close to the business is why I like it. Yeah. You know, I've got this fantasy, you know, if Rodney from five years from now, I really want to end up almost being like a lender and playing poker best bet at Jacksonville like all the mm-hmm. time, you know, <laughs> and hanging out and doing yeah. a couple of real estate deals in, in Florida when I get my uh, license completed. I mean... I'll be back here all the time. Obviously there's a ton of stuff that keeps me here, but that's kind of like, if I could just wake up and just go have a little Rodney day, you know, mm-hmm. that's what I want to do is like yeah. pop down there and, um, it'll be, it'll be different, but it'll be fun getting there. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's always, uh, 
there's no if there's a long way I'll I'll take it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. And if there's a hard way I'll take it. <laughs> but I'll have the best intentions the whole time. Mhm. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, I guess a lot of what what it comes down to when it's like the what do you do with your 24? I think it really gets into like I hate when people tell me like oh it must be nice, you know, that you're doing what you're doing or all these things and it's like or success well, shaming is what I yeah, call that. Yeah, exactly. Success I'm shaming. Like, bro. I, yep, that's yeah, a great way to I pretty put much it. coined that too. And I'm like, yeah, I like you that. got the wrong guy. Yeah. I'm not going to apologize for success, <laughs> dude. I worked my ass off. Too bad. Yep. And I like you that. You want to go get it. Exactly. And I think it's what it comes down to. It's like, well, when I get home, like when I get done here, I'm going to the gym and then I'm going to be eating dinner with my wife. And then if we, if she has a show to watch, cause she watches, you know, yeah, her sure. bachelor or whatever, That's her little deal. Yeah. I'm going to be on my computer probably doing something yeah. working, or I'm going to be on my phone working or yeah. doing something. And it's like, I'm spending my evening doing that or reading a book. I've really tried to start doing it where yeah, cool. when I leave here, I'm doing something that is like personal development to help me more Yeah, because I've spent, I've started to realize if I spend too much time on like the tasks and all the processes and all the yeah. stuff that I need to get done. If I spend too much time doing that, then I'm not focusing enough on like the podcast and the books and the the actual know-how. And I've started I've started to try to spend more time doing that, but I'm also in like seven coaching groups. So I always have a I think tonight at 7 I have a or 8 I have a coaching call that I have to, on a Zoom. So it's like I'm doing that while you're headed to the bar to drink beer all night. Right. And it's like I'm not shaming you like if that's what you want to oh, do. Yeah. And that's like what do you do with your 24? Like go enjoy it, love it, live your life. Yeah. But like, don't success shame me. I love that. Right? Yeah. I mean, that is really what it is. Like, I hate that. Must be nice stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, and it's one of those things where you, it's like you said, you don't know what it took to get there. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you want to be there, why why aren't you asking the questions? Why aren't you you know instead of just throwing rocks or or, or lurking on Facebook, you know, you're not mm-hmm. making any comments, but you're yep. looking at every one of my posts. Yep, absolutely. You know oh, yeah. Well, especially with, like, the stories and stuff, you can see who looks at your story. Oh, yeah. And I see that all the time, and I see people that, like, I'm like, you're looking at that just to see what I'm up to. <laughs> yep. And, and guess what? They're lurking. not cheering you on. Yep, exactly. Yeah. I always, a lot of times, I'll, I'll tell people when we leave a meeting, I'm like, did you hear that? And I'm like, what part? You know, they're thinking, I'm like, no what that guy wasn't saying. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like I like freaking next level Jedi am because they don't <laughs> listen to that. And now as I got older, it's like that guy is a decision maker and he didn't say a word about this. Mm-hmm. This guy's running his mouth and you're, you're feeding into him, but that dude is just sitting there. Yeah. What he didn't say is everything I needed to hear. And they're just like, Whoa. I mean, they're just <laughs> like, what just happened? I'm like, next level. Jedi. I've been done this a long time, dude. <laughs> A lot of mm-hmm. times it's who isn't cheering for you or the message that's not being spoken or that's a lot of stuff in the room as you get older. I, I really key in on that. It's like, okay, you know, cause you'll always have fans, you know, mm-hmm. no matter who you are, yeah. it, it could be your mom and your dad. It could be your yep. little brother, whatever. <laughs> and then you're going to have, at least in my experience, you're going to have a lot of lurkers, wherever you want to call it, you know, people that watch it. And then you have some just straight up, People that I feel like almost, I don't know what you would call it, success shamers. Yeah. But they're not like just calling you out necessarily. Sometimes they will actually say, oh, what we nice today. Yeah. You know, and I usually just pretty much shut them down immediately. <laughs> but, you know, there'll be some people that are, that are happy for you. And you know what? You don't live your life to make other people happy. I mm-hmm. learned that a long time ago, you know. Yep. Um, it's just, 
that's a frivolous, a frivolous pursuit to yeah. try to do that because there's zero chance you're going to do that. Mm-hmm. People are constantly changing. Uh, conditions are constantly changing. You know, we're, I mean, I don't know. Imperfect people <laughs> in an imperfect world, dude. Good yeah. luck. Yeah. I mean, yeah, seriously. <laughs> Good luck making sense of that, making all that line up. I think it's weird once you stop, like if you were, and then you made that change to stop trying to make other people happy or whatever it might be, how quickly like things change for you, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, well, this, you, if you're spending all your time making other people happy, you're not making yourself happy. Yep. By definition. Mm-hmm. Now, can sometimes those two things align? Yeah. And that's simpatico and that's perfect. Yeah. But how often does that happen? I mean, come on. <laughs> Nine times out of ten, you're literally going outside of what you normally would do to make someone else happy. If that's the case, then you're definitely not making yourself happy. You're actually, mm-hmm. I don't know, faking it or, or doing something that's not normal. Your normal process, yeah, for sure. You know, so that's a dangerous sport to play because you're going to look down and look up and realize. I mean, I think that's why a lot of divorces happen, frankly, mm-hmm. is you've kind of lose yourself in this. Oh, well, we always come home and this always happens and I have to do this and she does that. And then we go to sleep and we wake up and then we do it all over again. And next thing you know, you know, you're not going to Iceland and you're not going to India and you're not, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to work and you're coming home and, yep. you know, you're sleeping back to back. And I mean, it's just, and I've been through that, so I can speak confidently about mm-hmm. that situation, unfortunately. <laughs> but, um, when you, when you do that, you quit making yourself happy. I feel like at some point you were making yourself happy and this person was making herself happy. Let's just keep doing that and finding yeah. ways for that Venn diagram thing to overlap mm-hmm. where it's a you, me and us thing. And it's like, yep. let's keep that us circle big. And, you know, it's, uh, people are cool, cool animals because they're, uh, yeah, <laughs> complex. That's for very sure. complex. <laughs> yeah. But they're still animals. I feel like sometimes we actually forget how basic we are. Mm-hmm. Like when you just cut through all the bullshit and you're like, no. Yeah. Uh, you're still an animal. You still need fed. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> Whatever that means. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's true. Absolutely. Um, we, we do sometimes try to make ourselves too complex. I feel like it only gets complex when you really try to figure it out. Mm-hmm. But if you, if you just stay extracted a layer or two up, humans are fairly simple to figure out. Yeah. Especially guys. I mean, let's call it what it is. (laughs) Especially guys. Girls are a little more like, oh, shit, what's going on in that box over there? But Mm -hmm. guys, I mean, I can tell you what runs you, generally speaking, with a small degree of error. Yeah. If you ask me what runs your wife, I'd be like, Mm -hmm. I don't know what runs my daughter or or my girlfriend or anybody. I mean, there's a few things, but not a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I don't even know how we got to that one. I don't know either. <laughs> I mean, you got all that out. Like, we're three hours in. Oh, right yeah. Now. Well, see, I that's my problem. You wind me up. I mean, I'm a fucking talk box. I yeah. can just as long as you want to go. I'm trying to think of what else. I don't know. Was there anything else on that pamphlet? or? No, so I, that was it. I mean, we kind of wrapped up with... Uh, Everything. So, unless Good. there's anything else you want to talk about, does failure scare you? Uh, it used to. Now I feel like I embrace it. That's good. 
being like I used to. Well, be. You're an old soul if you can say that confidently, because that that was always my kick in the pants. Yeah. But then I realized after a couple of failures, like shit, I learned a lot. Mm-hmm. That wasn't a bad thing, actually. And now I don't embrace it as in looking forward to it. And I know that's not how you meant it either. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think as long as it's not like the boogeyman under the bed thing, I just don't let it cripple me like it used to. Yeah, I think that's, that's what used point. to yeah. like it really. One, I used to do the whole fake it till you make it, and I acted like I knew everything, and I would not embrace the fact that maybe I was wrong. And then now I feel like I really try to understand from the failures that happen. And when they do happen, I learn from them. And I don't want to say I move on quickly, but I don't let it like, it's a new kind of what we started. This song. It's a new yeah. day. You know, you're still yeah. going to wake up the next day. You're still going to move on right. and it's not going to define everything that I'm doing. Yeah. You know, that might one, one person I fail or whatever, they might live on as me. That's their memory of me. But it's like, I'm still who I am moving forward. Yeah. You know? No. And, and that's fair, especially <laughs> as early on as all this is. Mm-hmm. Even your whole industry, really. It's just, there's going to be mistakes made. Yeah. Um, and all you can do is get better from it. Yep. I mean, that's good. I feel like that is something I see in a lot of younger people that where they, they encounter a failure and they literally just, their gun locks out. Like, they're just like, well, this got hard. I'm out. Yep. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what do you mean you're out? Like, come across a little bit of friction and you just call it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You just take your ball and go on. It's mm-hmm. like, I don't know. It just seems like there's just a generational thing. Uh, I sound like an old guy again, but it, I, I've ran across that a lot with younger. I mean, I mostly talk to guys that I deal with, and, and they just, they, they hit this hard time, whatever that might be. And they just, stop and mm-hmm. I'm like that's a luxury that you should not have or, yeah you know you, you know you should <laughs> not tap out right now um you know and i know everybody's pain tolerance is different and time mm-hmm. tolerance and everything else and i i'm probably being a little bit of a hard ass but it just seems like that is a recurring thing i've seen that has been hard for me to help mentor over in a in a way that Makes even makes sense to them. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, yeah, that's just the wrong thing. I'm just gonna, I'm like, well, was it wrong? Was it? I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, did you give it a fair shake? I mean, did you do? And my whole my whole experience on that is, did I do every single thing I could have done to make this successful myself? Yeah. Like, like ultimate ownership. Mm-hmm. And if the answer is no then what the hell are we quitting for? Yeah. And I don't know anybody that I've talked to that's quit that I can say no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like, well, yeah, what absolutely. are you quitting for, dude? Yep. Let's identify three or four things we can either do or do better, and let's just try to execute on those. Mm-hmm. And if that doesn't work out, and we can all agree that this was a plan, we're going to execute it. If that doesn't work, we're all going to let ourselves off the hook or whatever, or, mm-hmm. or, or it's an iterative process and we just keep adding or whatever. But just to say, I, I quit, just shit got too hard. And then not even really, I don't know. I still have struggles with that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know what it was, but I think 
I don't know when the switch happened, but I feel like there was just a time where one, I was probably listening to guys like Jocko Willink and stuff and talk about That's leadership, ownership. you know, ultimate ownership, the book and stuff, and especially getting into law enforcement and stuff and realizing that like ultimate ownership there and ultimate failure there can be life or death. Uh, yeah. You know, it means a lot more than whenever I'm coming back into the marketing world and stuff sure. doesn't, yeah. you know, starting to realize that what I thought was a big deal before is still a big deal, but not in the sense of officer safety. Yeah. Or and that's yeah, how I, when I left death. the county, yeah. I tell them, that's why customers <laughs> like me when I talk to them, I'm like, Hey, I know I sat in your seat. Yeah. I know what, how bad it could be. I mean, mm-hmm. I had those life and death sort of situations. I'm like, mm-hmm. we were running EMS. We were running 911. We were running, you know, I was worried about officer safety in the field. I was trying to come up with, you know, it solutions that would, get you know whatever out faster i mean mm-hmm. what you name it i mean down to the tornado sirens in this community i mean everything it's like i legit understood that and i and i feel like here it is a lot easier and it's like when i grew up i was hauling hay right heavy mm-hmm. ass hard work and when i have guys who's like oh man this works so hard i'm like dude you've never had hard work what are you talking <laughs> about pick yourself well i'm asking you to go to 20 means a week yeah you're telling me that's hard work <laughs> you know yeah, I'll exactly. go get you a box. Let, let's yeah. get you know, let's get you on your way to your next mm-hmm. vacation because this vacation's over, right? <laughs> it's like, come on, man. I don't know. Yeah. It's just, uh, but I say that. But then when I'm in here, and just think about this though, there are eighteen to twenty-two year olds paying for a membership in here, right? Mm-hmm. That tells you something about these little guys already. Yeah. Like these dudes understand networking at that age. It blows me away. And they're like, mm-hmm. how do I get this way? I want to do this. I'm trying to do that. Or I've already done this or that. And I'm just like, what? you know, I wish I would have done that, you know, 20 years earlier or yeah. whatever. Like this is insane, <laughs> dude. And um, so they're not a good test group for me. But when they're like, hey, man, do you have 10 minutes? I want to talk to you. Sure. I always have 10 minutes for these guys. And they legit are trying to figure stuff out. And I'm like, I wish I had an Uncle Rodney back then. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like someone that actually like listen in and like, yeah, well, this is what I would do. I don't know if it's right or wrong, you know? And, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, but they're acting on it and they're actually serious and intentional about being successful and whatever that is. Yeah. And they're the, they're the same group. There's like, Hey man, school's not for me, but I know that there's education out here in the world. And I'm going to go find it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to surround my people with, yeah. I'm going to surround myself with good people with, that are driven and, you know, and, and they're like, where do you find us? Like, well, you know, coaching, gym at 6 a.m. I'm like, mm-hmm. you go fishing, get around a pond, right? Yeah. Put yourself <laughs> in a position yeah, and opportunity and luck happens, right? That's mm-hmm. always been one of the things I hate. I hate when people say, oh, you're so lucky. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, buddy. <laughs> Work harder, get luckier. Yeah, yeah. I love that. You know, that was my whole thing. But, you know, Thomas Jefferson had that right. I'm like, look, man, seems like the harder I work, the luckier I get. It's like, no shit. Well, that's just, you know, opportunity. You know, you you just got to put yourself in that situation. And Mm -hmm. uh, I really congratulate these dudes. They're doing that. I'm just like, man, you know, you guys are destined for some pretty big stuff if you're already understanding that to that level. And I don't know if it's because they – learned about it online or, you know, people are more open with information now. And, mm-hmm. and it's like their IQ is like a 35 year old and they're like 19. Like mm-hmm. they're asking questions about debt. And you're just like, 
Dude, I didn't even know what I couldn't even spell. I didn't know that had a B in it till I was thirty, bro. I mean, like, what is this? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like it's pretty crazy, but mm-hmm. and they, but here's the, the the perfect example though. They learn they learn about this stuff on the internet, but they have no idea how it all goes together. Mm-hmm. They have all the buzzwords, yeah, like they have all the sockets in the toolkit, but they're all jumbled up. Mm-hmm. They don't know the metric. They yep. don't know the standard. They it's don't like even that, know why like metric and standard exist. <laughs> but they can tell you what each one is. They just yeah. don't know what the hell it goes to and how to fix anything. Yeah. And um, but what's cool is they have the socket set. Mm-hmm. We didn't even have the socket set. It's like, <laughs> dang, dude. Like you can probably play around with this and fix something. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. you, know, you just keep finding <laughs> bolts and twisting them. You're going to get it happen. off there. It's going to take you a lot longer, but you're going to get you're going to get that bolt off there. Yeah. You know, or that nut. Whatever, it, that that's pretty rewarding to see. Uh, but they are smart enough to know. Okay, this is how far the internet can take me. Now I need to ask someone. Probably the whole purpose of your podcast. It's like you know a lot of the construct, but then to listen to people put the stuff into play and how that actually works is pretty pretty powerful. And everybody does it differently. Mm-hmm. What works for me and my whatever my way is, you know. Yeah is different than a guy that is like way smarter, but maybe not less, per- less personable or more yeah. personable and less more, whatever. Mm-hmm. Everybody had to, to ride that wave their own way. And it's just a, that's pretty cool. I'm looking forward to tuning in on your podcast and, and listening to who's the, whoever's in front of me and whoever's behind me or whatever. Yeah. I'm excited. I think it should be a good time. I think I've been, I've been pretty excited so far about, just getting people on and stuff. And I, and it's funny to me because I've always told people, because I've had so, I mean, over the years, I don't know how many people have asked me, how do I start a podcast? How do I do a podcast? And how do I do a YouTube channel? And how do I do all these things? And they immediately go to like, how can I make money doing this? Like, I know I can make money doing this. How do I do it? And I'm like, you're already starting off wrong if you're yeah. wanting to start something for money. You have to start it for other reasons and you have to make it easy enough in your life that it's something that isn't going to take a lot of time or money to happen and it'll be successful. That's why I think Joe Rogan has like one of the number one podcasts because he's also been doing it since like 2008 or whatever. And he's at, but he also made it a part of his life that wasn't his full reason to try to make money doing it. And I think too many of these guys that talk to me, they're like, well, how do I make a podcast successful? And I'm like, well, one success is relevant. And also like you need to make it in a way to where like, what is your goal from that? And I think coming from this, from my goal is to like connect with people, learn people's stories, and share it. And if people want to listen, they listen. But if not, like it's all. I think it's more about this, yeah, and the conversation I than anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's why I'll stay doing it for, I guess, as long as this mixer. I mean, going. we would get to know each <laughs> other, but this gives us a format and and a and a mechanism to dig a little deeper mm-hmm. without it being awkward. Right? If you and me <laughs> yeah, were sitting up on yeah. a couch, and you're like. So what do you think of uh, success or failure, buddy? <laughs> Have another drink. What's time. next, buddy? Yeah, exactly. No, but yeah, absolutely. That's why I would do one. I mean, that's why I always contribute to these because I feel like I don't get to talk a lot as a philosopher. Like, and I always mm-hmm. tell her, "What do you do?" I'm a philosopher. Mm-hmm. You know, that's really what I do. I mean, I have philosophy on anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you just don't get a. I don't know. I, and I and this is a wild... This sport is growing. Yeah. Like, there's like two or three of these places that are just pop, 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 pop. 
And I think everybody does have a story to share. It's just how do you, how, how does, and I know success is relative and everything you just said, but all that stuff aside, what would make your podcast like Joe Rogan? I have actually listened to his because somehow I've never tuned into a podcast. But his always somehow gets mixed into the motivational ones I'm in. Maybe because mm-hmm. I'm not paying for something. Somehow, I always get dumped into his podcast. Mm-hmm. And depending on the speaker, I'll listen a little further, you know, on whoever it is. Because I'll say, hey, you know, whatever's whatever. But what I like about Joe Rogan's um, is he seems uh, intellectually curious about the speaker himself. Like, yeah. It's usually some weird shit, too. (laughs) You know, like, it's not like, it's like UFOs or something funky that I would never normally give a shit about. Mm -hmm. But it's, uh, he seems like he's actually fairly, and he's a smart guy. And he's a, you know, high school grad, just Mm -hmm. did his own, had a wild, which makes Joe Rogan a pretty dynamic person in the first place, you know. And Mm -hmm. I'm not like a huge Joe Rogan fan or anything. It just... What little bit I've gained from this over the last year, really. I've never listened to this podcast. But now I'm constantly getting dropped into his, like at the end of my speakers or whatever, those little 10-minute things here and there, and then all of a sudden I'm in the Joe Rogan podcast. <laughs> um, but I'll catch myself listening to him if if it's someone that's um, just different, you know. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of podcasts aren't successful because I think the person starting it is thinking about how it can benefit them the most. And so a lot of the times the podcast is the person like talking about themselves. And I feel like especially in the format that I'm trying to do and what Joe Rogan does is I think he focuses so much on the other person and what they want to talk about that it makes it successful. And he's also, he's like a student of curiosity is like kind of, you know, how I look at it. And I just love it because you see so many different sides, you hear from so many different people um, and I think like, that's, what's going to make a podcast successful is one, people just have to know what's even there. And then two, it has to bring value to the listener. And I feel like a lot of the stuff that I'm trying to do with like the, what do you do with your 24 is bringing value to the listener by talking to so many different types of people. Like I'm going to have someone on this. That's the host of the cowboy channel. Whenever I worked on that, so right. they do rodeos, they right. grew up in rodeos and stuff versus someone that is, um, like director of photography for reality TV shows. He's done a couple features, you know, then I'm going to have the director of photography that does, you know, like, uh, like the LA Lakers, like they're like walkout stuff. And there's always like mm-hmm. the crazy neon colors. He does those, okay. you know, and I'm going to talk to him and then I'm going to have someone, you know, Bryce on that owns a tequila company. Then I'm going to have the captain of a, uh, large New Jersey town, like police department. And he, oh. he has a course called ivory tower about how administrators and police agencies need to be more humble and like realize that they used to be a street cop and how to not, you know, how to treat your guys right and stuff. And like, that's what his course well, is about. Cool. Kind of but servant leadership. Yeah. And so I'm going to have people from like law enforcement to tequila companies that's and all, you know, but it's all, you know, what do you do with your 24? What does this person do? You know, and then I want to have my buddy who's an engineer on, you know, he does civil engineering and all that stuff. What is that? What do you do with your 24? It'll be, you know, interesting to see the common threads you can pull out of it. Yeah. Um, and it might tell you a little bit about your speaker choices too yeah about mm-hmm. yourself yeah yeah hmm. i think that's pretty cool i mean i think you could get a pretty cool body of work out of this if you really work at it yeah i mean because you're getting a lot of time 
I mean, I'm nothing special, but like those guys, they they can teach you some stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. they sound like they're at the top of their industry in a lot of them. And yeah, and it'll be interesting, things. and it's really cool, just like that people were so willing to want to get on too. And I'm like, this thing hasn't launched, but if you want to be on it, like I'd love to have you on. And well, I think like, it's yeah, that absolutely. give back deal. Yeah, I think that goes both <laughs> ways. I think you're talking a lot about you know, it's not about you, but I honestly think the people that you've picked. As, as, at least speaking for myself, it really is about giving back mm-hmm. on this side of the table too, which I yeah. think if you get both of those altruistic spirits together, it can only be good. Right? Mm-hmm. Like there's not a, there's no agenda. Yeah. I mean, you know, and you never know. I've been on enough of these to know whatever I say, you know, that's, this thing gets chopped up. Right. Mm-hmm. I was so blown away. I'd never been on a podcast a couple of years ago. I go on, I was like, man, I said this, this, and this. He didn't even put that in there. Yeah. That was, I thought that was solid gold. Didn't make the, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And and I thought that was really what made me eyes wide open about media. Yeah. And it wasn't like they did it in a way that made me sound like I was saying something I didn't. Mm-hmm. But it was put in a context in a way that I didn't deliver it in. Yeah. Which I found interesting. It's like, it wasn't a lie, but it wasn't a full truth either. Yeah. Like well, that's my entire life on reality TV. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> you know, well, I had never been exposed to that, so I was like, "Dang, man!" I don't want to call it fake news, but kind of fake. Kind of, <laughs> kind of fake. You I know? mean, my plan for this is honestly to chop at the beginning and chop at the end for the actual podcast, and set three hours of. I don't think he was gonna listen to this shit for three hours, dude. No, I don't think so either. Oh. But then I'm gonna make micro content, and so I. Oh, I, follow, I think that's I, good. I follow the pyramid of content, so you have your long form piece. So I'm gonna have three hours that I'm just gonna post. 